Are you tired of not paying for your favorite product? Patreon.com slash RoastMortemCast. What's a Patreon, you say? It's a website where fans can support their favorite content creators. <laughs> Sounds like a deal. 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 <laughs> this is only if you got the money. We got koozies. We got custom obituaries. We got stickers. We have movie commentaries that you download and watch with said movie. It's like you have friends in the room. What if I don't like history? You're wrong. You love history. How much money can I give? Anything will help. We like doing the show. We're going to do it anyway. Mike's losing us money at every corner. Roast Mortem Cast is here to help you take a load off that wallet. It's all been arranged just for us to get your money. I'm telling you that you need to give money to Roast Mortem Podcast so we can do it even better. Are you tired of exploiting these four men? Or you could even sponsor. You got a stupid-ass business? I'd love to talk about your business. Point to point. I'm too busy to read. Where can I find this podcast? So call today at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. That's R-O-A-S-T-M-O-R-T-E-M-C-A-S-T at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast. Yeah, if you want to buy me a beer, that's cool too, you know. I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Oh, God! Oh, Jesus Hey there, welcome back to the Roast Mortem Podcast, the only podcast that's exclusively about really tired people. My name is Aunt Margaret. <laughs> My name is Uncle Larry. I am my own Cody for the evening. Let's go with that. I'm Mike, and I'm tired. That's right, you're tired. <laughs> you're on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, I need to wake up. Yeah. We do fat rails of caffeine just to get through the intro. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've been, like, butt-chugging no-dos all day, and it's not working anymore. <laughs> it's just caffeinating your ass. A coffee enema. It shows experience, yeah. but also, like, when I'm saying tired, it has a lot to do with our um, our subject for the evening. And I'm not going to skip ahead, but this is the tiredest man I've ever looked at. He's Whoa. dead tired. Yeah. Never looks slept. Pretty, looks pretty sleepy. But how are you guys uh, wide awake weeks? Oh. Uh, great. I was awake for it. <laughs> you yeah, were? I, was awake. I was awake for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately. Uh, um, yeah. G- good times uh, this week. Actually, uh, it's our buddy Ray's birthday this week. Oh shit! How is oh, that boy? Fuck Shout that out, guy. Ray. Yeah, so that fucking asshole turns thirty, and I go to a—he's so young. Uh, yeah, I go out to his birthday party that he had at some bar in Brooklyn. I'm glad I missed it. You saved yourself. Um, I don't know what was in the the liquor that they were serving us, because I didn't get that drunk. Right? It was probably it's water. Down, right? Yeah. The next day, I have never been more hungover in my life. Oh, you drinking the rummus? Yeah. You drinking rums? No, I was gasoline. I was drinking Jameson, boring, but stand by. Yeah, no Sprite. <laughs> no, no Sprite. No Sprite. <laughs> no Sprite. Little Jameson and Sprite. Yeah, but I don't know. I just experienced the worst hangover with the least amount of drinks ever. That sucks. That's weird. Yeah, I, weird. I was out of commission all day, and then I went to go Whoa. see Pig Destroyer at night, and it was awesome. There you go. Did you read? Did you get that poop? Because like, there's always when you're hungover, there's always that one poop where you feel all right. Like yeah. you feel like the chemicals released in your brain. It's like, 
All right, you're good now. Poison's out of you, finally. No, I didn't get that. It was like I've been a, having uh, that all week, just not associated with drinking. It's, it's eating like, a lot of Dominoes. No, just <laughs> shrimp tempura cool. though. I'm, like working through these leftovers of shrimp tempura, and just like my body's doing fucking unacceptable things. I wish I could like fire certain <laughs> organs of mine. How old is the shrimp tempura? <laughs> I don't know. It was twenty percent off when I got it though at the store. So like. <laughs> Dude, you gotta eat shrimp quickly. It'll be fresh. Those little fuckers fresh, will yeah. kill you. I'm still, good. I'm still walking it off. I'm, 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 I'm alive, but I'm walking it off right now. Ugh, my poor friend. Just, I'm good. No, just, no, no, don't, don't feel bad. It's just like it's given me like a good like 20 minutes to like tell the rest of my life to fuck off in the morning while I'm shaking a oh, shit. Oh yeah. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, that's the best. You feel you're fighting well, yourself. No, 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 no. It's all easy going. Oh, Instead yeah. of talking about my week, I'm going to enjoy an excellent hangover tomorrow because I'm going to have one of these buzz ball chillers. Come what does that do? Can. It's like old that doesn't look recyclable. Yeah, for those know. of you who can't see this, uh, which is uh, everyone who isn't <laughs> the four of us, Travis has what seems to be a baseball. It's a baseball <laughs> that says pineapple colada chiller orange wine with good. coconut and pineapple lime juice and natural flavors buzz balls chillers it's the uh, perfect vacation drink for the unemployed yeah ah, that's great you go to your local <laughs> 7-eleven get these buzz ball chillers bro ah, it's only 50 percent but dude on the side of it it says women owned so hey, there you i go. know it's but you own that right now. Yeah. Does that make you a? Do you identify as a lady? I don't know. Their slogan is "Have a ball in your mouth." <laughs> okay, leave it up to a bunch of women who have never had balls before to say "Have a ball" with and something. Sell balls to guys. Yeah, exactly. Ah! Oh. That was terrible. I mean, what was lady... the flavor again? Uh, pineapple colada, something. Pineapple colada. Oh, yeah, pineapple colada chiller. It wasn't chilled either. It was just on the floor. <laughs> so you had warm balls in your mouth. <laughs> Room temperature. Uh, uh, well, that was good. It's almost as terrible as who we're going to be roasting tonight. Really? Good. I have no fucking idea. Only, well, a little. I have a glimmer of an idea, but I'm so excited. Me. I'm so All excited right. because this man is is responsible for so many things that that everyone hates today, and he was able to get out of it in the gayest way possible. Ah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he was. And Mike, I didn't ask about your week, but have you ever gone hang gliding, Mike? You've been hang gliding? gliding, yeah. Like what, flying a kite? No, yeah, dude, it's like you're in the kite and you hang. You are glide. the kite. Be the no, kite, I've never Mike. done that. Oh, okay. I've always well, been like, so scared it would like just go backwards. I'd be like midair, and the wind would just take me backwards. It would you to could, you, yeah. Or some some <laughs> shit would go down. I would just fall out of the sky or some shit. <laughs> well, I've never been, been hang gliding. I've never been hang gliding either. But you have you guys been to a buffet? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, a bunch of buffets. So you know when you're like hang gliding over a buffet and you're just taking a look. You're taking a look down on those egg rolls, on them sushis, on the hamburgers. Uh, Maybe grabbing uh, a few things here and there, but ultimately like kind of evaluating what's going on. Yeah, Fill your plate later, right? You're just like yeah. browsing it. Lao mein and french fries is always the best. Yeah, well, tonight, for tonight's episode, we're going to be roasting... An attorney slash fixer slash con man, Roy oh, Cohn. I love con men. Yeah. Now, Roy is like the table of this shitty buffet. And all sorts of historical diarrhea and people of the 20th century are the food. 
The fu- everything that got fucked up in the 20th century. But Roy is the base. You do a little bit of research into Roy, and you'll find out, like, oh, what was that bad thing that happened in the U.S. Uh, between the 1950s to 1990? Oh, he had something directly to do with that? Oh, justice wasn't served because a man was able to talk better than you? You believe that shit? It's all in the talking, ladies and gentlemen. It's got nothing to do with the facts. It's how you talk about them. So this greaseball story, we're going to be talking about Joseph McCarthy of the Red Scare. We're going to be talking about Tricky Dick Nixon. We're going to talk about Robert Kennedy. We're talking about most of the New York Mafia, Yankees owner George Steinbrenner, and a young... Donald Trump, the oh. shit-faced, spoiled brat with shady real estate developing. Who's who's skills. making I've America even better by the day. But, you know, that's we'll save that for later. Thanks well, right. Me. That's that's kind of the point I wanted to make. This, guy's, uh, this guy is so influential in so much of the 20th century that we're going to have to, like, return to a lot of these subjects. So I'm not going to go into some, like, when we talk about the Red Scare, I could go and we could do a whole episode on Joe McCarthy. Yeah, of but course. like I, we have to like kind of be careful here, right? Yeah. Sure. What do you mean? With, like, I don't with caution. To, I don't want it to be like a fucking six-hour podcast. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. For time's sake, because yeah. we've never had a good podcast where we were careful before. I don't oh, think yeah. people no, are here to careful. watch us. Uh, you know, use the the right parking spot. No, we'll no. take up twelve of the wrong parking spots. Yeah. Throw us more. Yeah, I just don't want this to turn into some fucking um. Ken Burns style, you know, 12 hours of t- Travis talking about his dick. Uh, it, it had, well, <laughs> we'll see what the people want. But uh, Travis, before we get into the episode, I, I just want to appreciate your opening analogy of the buffet and yeah. cone. Uh, what did the hang glider represent in all that? I'm, I, I, that's, that's the thing I'm still hung up on right now. Before the we... hang glider represented you as the ninny who 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 travels throughout history along the drunken expanses of roast mortem cast. Okay, um, I guess we're a buffet, so I'll have to introduce the episode, the following episode, as the only podcast about buffets. Making me hungry. Yeah, we should just become the buffet boys. Why not? We're doing rebranding. But before we do that, let's do this episode of Roast Mortem. Yeah. Okay, so Roy was a homosexual and maybe a bisexual. Well, maybe a bisexual, but we're just going to say homosexual. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know. No, obviously nothing wrong with being homosexual, but he is the the violent, creamy homosexual. Oh, yeah. yes. He's the one... He, it's like if he was the only homosexual, then the then the uh, the hard F word would be very acceptable today. We're not calling out that being gay is bad, but you're going to find out how Never. the hypocrisy behind Roy's life um, and why him being homosexual is just straight up wrong to homosexuals. Like that's the dude in the room that's like, ah, all right, you don't you don't count. You don't you don't fucking count. Yeah, he got a pass. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. got he got a lot of passes. All right, so before we get into the scum of the hour, let's talk about his parents. Now, Roy came from two Jewish families in New York. His father, Al Cohen, was a Polish Jew from a poor family. He graduated from City College in 1903 because, you know, back then college was free. I'm just putting it out there. Very nice. All right. Uh, um, Fine. It's it's fine. Yeah. Then he put himself through law school and began to establish powerful allegiances within the Democrats in the Bronx. 
And eventually he'd become a judge shortly after Roy was born. Uh, his mother, on the other hand, had a, a very different upbringing. Dora was a Russian Jew and came from the Marcus family. While Polish Jews in New York uh, uh, for quite some time, oh, but while Polish Jews were in New York for quite some time, the Russian Jews were the new yids on the town. And uh, of course, there was anti-Semitism in New York going around in the early 20th century. But the Polish Jews were beginning to make a uh, break through the waspy Irish establishment uh, yeah. and started to become accepted amongst the elites, like Roy's father, Al. Yeah, I mean, there's always this thing about um, like the anti-Semitic uh, uh, behaviors this time in history. Um, we hate Jews. We hate Irish. We hate Polish. The Jews hated each other more than the other people. They were all a oh, bunch yeah. of wooden Allens. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly my point. So while, you know, meanwhile, these Russian Jews are running the Jewish mafia, scamming insurance companies, oh, you wow. know, ripping off other immigrants. And so the Polish Jews are like, fuck those guys. Like, they, we worked so hard to, like, make a name for ourselves in New York. And then Tarnish these the rat bags come in. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a cultural hazing. Just think of it like that. Yeah. I like this. So Dora's family, the Marcuses, were pretty notorious. Her uncle, Bernie Marcus, um, was uh, swindled hundreds of thousands of dollars from fellow poor New Yorkers by setting up the Bank of the United States. 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 <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, so what he did was he spent and invested the customer's money into property and other bullshit. Um, so the bank had nothing in the vaults when they wanted to remove the money. Don't do that. Well, that, that came out. Uh, during the market crash, correct? Well, actually, this was bef this was like a predecessor of what happened with the Great Depression. Okay. So, this <laughs> uncle, is where uncle, like, uncle oh. Bernie was like, "I'm just gonna use all the money, and then you know, it's fucking free. It'll come back. Well, yeah, it'll come back like the tides." So, in order to cover his paper trail, he burned all the paper, all the bank records of him doing all this shit, and that ended him. That stunt ended him up in Sing Sing. Ooh, poor guy. Yeah, he was just so rich, poor guy. He was just yeah. trying to keep warm. So Dora's coming from this loaded Jewish mafia family. You could basically call her like the original Jewish American princess, Jap. <sighs> yes, like anything she wanted, she got. Um, and it said that she was loud, unapologetic, uneducated, and fucking ugly. She is, <laughs> dude. She is so fucking ugly. Like, yeah, <laughs> you look at Roy and you're like, uh, not supposed to be born like that. You look at her. You're <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, you made it good, Roy. <laughs> she was all dude. She looked like, um, she was ugly. Have you guys oh. seen Kung Fu Panda? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Well, if no, there was like a version but... of that movie where Jack Black was a, a uh, anorexic version of that panda. Oh my God. That's what it was. Like that's what her Dora was. That that sounds so depressing. She was a nightmare. I saw all these pictures of her and like the the, the blackness around her eyes. Oh yeah, uh, just dark circles. That's uh, a bit of the uh, um, Sleeping Beauty, the mirror, mirror on the wall. Like that scary dude face who's like oh, so just so don't give her an apple, bitch. <laughs> it's like a non-sexual version of Miko. All right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> What? What do you want me to say? <laughs> I didn't, want, I didn't want you to say that. Draw, why'd they draw him so sexual? <laughs> I like uh, how much of a furry you are. It really, it really shows through. It's obviously a family oh, thing. Oh, it's a furry thing? 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't. Travis. I'm just saying, cartoons is porn. I know. Okay, I get it. You're out there in Portland. You don't have to behave the way we're behaving right now. I know that you got a three-inch butt plug tail coming out of you. <laughs> That's all raccooned up. You're Davy Crackass. Okay, so uh, enough of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> enough of that. Uh, Dora was uh, she was unmarried by the age of thirty, which back then that eh, just didn't happen. But no, I want to fuck, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Al, who's Al Cohen, who's a he's a lawyer at the time, he was like, "Yo, I can use the Marcus's sway to get me to become a judge in New York." So he bit the bullet and married Dora. Yeah, biting the bullet. That term to describe a marriage is just never a good sign. I feel like I feel like there needs to be a system in place now. We like to call out privileges. Uh We have to do something where we we can look at someone's DNA before they're born, right? (laughs) And if it's a girl and their uh, their parents are very wealthy and in the future they're going to be very sexy, that kid has to go to a poor family. Yeah, and then sure. vice versa. If a, if a uh, if a poor family is having a really ugly girl, rich person has to adopt them. Just trade it up. Yeah, because then we we won't have lonely people anymore. That's kind of even. Well, yeah, that's true. Even. Yeah, privilege. <laughs> there so go. Dora, Dora, and Al had some troubles conceiving Roy, um, and in Roy Cohn's own words, he said they had to blow air up in there to clean out her tubes. Ooh, no, they did like dust off. <laughs> Yeah, just fucking dust off up the badge. Blow out them vast deference. Yeah, that's that, not them females. Sounds like it was a big Wait, process. Oh, the Wait, what's the vast difference again? That's the thing that takes the sperm from your balls to your peen. Yeah, they got two of those, and it leads to the ovaries. Those yeah. are fallopian tubes, Travis. Oh, that's what I knew, that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I can see it. Oh, uh, we're having a hard time making the children right now. Something's wrong with this machine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can't so much rub one out inside of it because you know that's what he was doing. He there was no way he was making that work. Well, yeah, I mean, on top of all that, uh, the two hated each other. <laughs> yeah. So and there were other um, women outside. I just described yeah. this woman to you. You get it? Yeah. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? Perfect. Day day the, on day one when she found out she was pregnant, uh, she told him, "This is my baby. I'm going to bring this child up, and you're going to have nothing to say about it." Great. Yeah. So with that, with that, slimy little Roy Cohen squirmed out in the world February 2nd, 1927. Amazing. Um, so first order of business is Dora noticed that her newborns, her newborn had a spur on his nose. So he had a Jew nose. Oh, yeah. a, pro, right. a proboscis. So Dora was like, I can't have that. So she took her little human maggot. And brought him to a surgeon and had him do some baby rhinoplasty. Because that's oh. what a good mother does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they just held his face to like a belt sander or something? Well, the surgeon fucked up and Roy oh. forever had this massive scar on his nose that kind of looks like a butt crack in the middle of his face. Yeah, it's true. All right, I got I to gotta Google this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, look don't wait up. Like... Don't, don't Google too much because there's right, pictures I'll, I'll that wait. need painting. Yeah. Oh, um, Roy continued his plastic surgery obsession much later in life, and we will talk about that later in life. <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> in our yeah. lives. You're not wrong. 30 minutes-ish. Um, so uh, Roy was an only child because Al and Dora know fucks each other's. 
Um, and it was one and done, you know what I mean? It's like, all yeah. right, you, you have a kid. It's cool. <laughs> and then grow, he's growing up in the Bronx with an extremely overbearing Jewish mother. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like when you have an overbearing mother, we always have an interesting story. That's kind of like Frank Sinatra, right? Well, yeah. 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 So Roy got very good at manipulating his parents off of each other. So Roy oh. was never told no. And Dora also whipped the fuck out of Al because uh, she wasn't happy living up in the Bronx. She felt embarrassed. She thought the Bronx was for poor people. Um, so one day she just used Al's money and moved to Midtown Manhattan into a Park Avenue apartment. And she hey. left Al a letter in the empty Bronx apartment that said, Dear Al, I have moved to 1165 Park Avenue. Your furniture is there. Your supper is there. If you want to eat, go there tonight. Oh, wow. was that oh, the right, last right, time right. he went, by the way? Oh, no, he went there. Okay. <laughs> just imagine going home and, like, your girlfriend or wife is just, like, you just clean that the apartment and there's a letter there, right? I think that, that I mean, I don't know how often that happens, but um, I'm not surprised. No? No. I mean, maybe I know if it happened to me, I'd be surprised. Well, I'd be pissed she took my money and did that. Didn't tell me. She can leave, but, you know. (laughs) Just took your money, though. I mean, fuck. The money is important. Yeah. Because you can't... uh, Okay, so an old wise man who was way too horny once told me that you're never going to lose pussy chasing money. But, on the other hand, you will lose money chasing pussy. True. Uh, Is it? Absolutely true. This man was horny and he had done a lot of sex. I can see you not getting sex if you're too money oriented. You know what I mean? No, because women love money. Oh, okay. So it's like a, it's like a, it's like a catch negative twenty two then. And to be fair, everyone loves money. You well, know, yeah. I, I just can't. I can't fucking bosom my I way into fucking a fucking paycheck. Money. You know? I can bosom my way in. <laughs> Someone will pay for you. Yeah, dog. I'm a little jelly boy. Help me. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of little jelly boy, I think the buzz ball kicked in, and so I need to go shoot it out of the front of my body. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Roy was treated like a prince. Um, he would demand that food be returned if he didn't like it, if they were going to a restaurant, just Spoiled by throwing, throwing a fit <sighs> in the restaurant, screaming at the waiter. And Dora would just join in the beratement because it wasn't Roy's fault that he didn't like the food. It's no. Restaurant. Yeah, from a from a very young age, his mom did a great job of explaining it's not your fault. It's someone else's yeah. fault. She would actually go with him up to summer camp in New Hampshire and stay in a nearby hotel and check in with him every day. Aww. That's the opposite of summer camp. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's his mommy, uh, though. Roy, as you can imagine, was a nightmare in school. He attended the Horace Mann School in the Bronx, which was one of those private high schools that like give you a shoe in to really good colleges. We've ah, mentioned them okay. before on the podcast. I think it was Collier Brothers. Oh, yeah? Them or someone else. But yeah, Horace Mann, one of the funniest named schools of all time. <laughs> and you guys put that to on say something. I'm sorry. What yeah. are you saying, Cody? I was going to say, like, if I. I, I I needed one of you to mention how funny Horace Mann sounded, you know. But there we go, Tom. Tom nailed it. I'm sorry, dude. I'm I'm on point right now. I'm I'm moving too Horace fast. I know it. No, right on, right on pace, my friend. Um, he would often threaten teachers, saying, "My daddy's a judge. 
and I'm uh. friends with the police, if you don't give me grades, you know, um, whatever, I could just make some phone calls. And he showed off his flex by going by calling the police department and got them to waive a ticket for his English teacher. Oh, he was like, oh, guy. you don't believe me? No, I mean, he's like, you don't believe me? All right, you got a parking ticket? It's gone. It's Damn. a little shithead. Huh. Yeah. Oof. Oof. So from Horace Mann's school, the whore assed man to school, he went to Columbia undergrad. Um, again, wow. he, didn't do a, he didn't do a very good job, um, but he graduated. And then he applied to Columbia Law School and was rejected. Yeah. Yes. But, but his father, Judge Al, pulled a few strings here and oh, there. I hate this. And Al was admitted, in, or, and, and um, Roy was admitted into the top law school in the country, Columbia Law Great. School. Do you know how hard it was to make this child? <laughs> Do you know how much I had to fuck a thing I did not want to fuck to make this child? Can you, if you don't put this child in the law school, everyone's in jail forever. <laughs> Everyone in the city Everyone. goes to jail. If I had to sleep with that thing once, <laughs> you're going to have to sleep with it for eternity if my son can't show his penis to the other boys in your school. That's <laughs> what he likes. So getting into law school wasn't the first time Al had pulled some strings. When Roy turned 18, it was 1945 during World War II. And everyone had to sign up for a draft because there was a draft in World War II. Um, and he was listed as A1, um, not the sauce. Okay. Unfortunate. Not the sauce. What does that mean? He wasn't fit that for combat? That means that he was just... Now, A1 just means like you're just a regular old dude. Like, uh. you could be pulled out of the... The hat and sent off to war. Oh, okay. So Al again pulled some strings. He's like, Roy needs to be listed as a 4B. And that meant that Roy wasn't eligible to be drafted until West Point either accepted or rejected him. Oh. oh. So then he just never applied, right? No, he applied and they rejected him based on his lack of physical requirement. Do you understand I had to fuck a dumpster to make this kid? <laughs> You're not going to kill him. He's the proof that I'm a man. <laughs> I can I can see his like lieutenant or whoever has to vet him just being like his nose is all wrong. Send him in the reject pile. Uh, but so sir, then, the reject pile is uh, survivors. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And then, so then Al is like, my penis still burns with hatred for its own self, and he runs off to his friend Congressman Benjamin Rabin. And he's like, yo, dude, uh, Roy is going to make a fine officer, maybe even a general. So oh. Benjamin reappoints Roy to West Point two more times. Wow. Nice. He flunked out once, and then he flunked out again. But then by October of 1946, the draft had stopped. So nice. he, that's how he got out of World War II. Dodge that one. It, 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 it's either dad or mom for, yeah. for a lot of these draft dodgers we speak of. Um, and then the draft was reinstated again in 1948 for the Korean War. Oh, okay. But Roy simply signed up for the National Guard two days before. Smart. Uh, and obviously he received special treatment in the Guard. You know, only, he only showed up to about half the required j drills. I like this because you, you can really tell he's smart because when you sign up for the National Guard, you know what's not in the nation? 
Korea. Yeah, good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, very true. And what, what do they do over there? They what's the training? They just jump over filing cabinets that have been pushed mm-hmm. over. Yeah, they avoid yeah. stepping on snakes all day. I think you just hang out. <laughs> hang out. Yes. Wait for something to happen. In Eat Taco Bell. Yeah, they're playing dodgeball or uh, Marco Polo when you're not looking. Yeah, yeah. You, there's a bunch of snakes. Cody's right. You ever seen the movie? Uh, what is it? Apocalypse Now. Yeah. When they go under the lettuce that they put in the mud, and they had to crawl through all the snakes, and then people are shouting over their heads. Don't step on them. Yeah. Don't step on them. So, so that's Don't what. Step on snake. That's what training is. Remember when she shot that baby out of her in that pool? It's pretty insane. Yeah. Oh, I don't think Apocalypto. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Everyone, dog. We're just yes-anding Mike. You can uh, say, like, the craziest shit and be like, hell yeah, Mike. Yeah, I wasn't ready to cut him off just then. Sorry about that. I, guess I always get those movies confused. <laughs> it's all right. They both start with Apocalypto. <laughs> yeah. So Roy passed the bar in 1948, when he tur- the day he turned 21. And that same day, thanks to Papa Al and also Roy Grease in the palms of a few mafioso bosses, um, which were the Democratic leaders of the legendary Tammany Hall, which you mentioned before. Hey, mm-hmm. boss a guy named Carmine DeSapo and Frank Costello. <sighs> they just sound evil. Roy landed himself a job at the United States Attorney Irving Saples office as like a gopher guy. <clears throat> Mr. Khan, I understand that, um, have some garlic bread. I understand <laughs> that you had a really hard time fucking your wife to make this child. <laughs> and I understand that you are a judge. So how can I help you today? Do you want me to keep <laughs> your walking sperm alive? <laughs> <laughs> walking oh, I sperm. Wanna, yeah. I want to call more people walking sperms. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that wasn't racist. So, so you guys know what happened post-war, right? Like, you know, logically in America. Yeah, we made a lot of money. We made a lot of money, but we were also yeah. really scared of them communists. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, they only helped us take down the Nazis. Why would, why, why would we be afraid of them? They won World War II. They want to tell us where the money goes. <gasps> They're the other Fuck winners. that. Fuck those people. Fuck yeah. them Reds. Well, you know what? I, I got to say. You know, because a lot of really uh, far-right people who are like, you know, uh, fuck communism and fuck the the government taking my taxes. If you think about it, if you're a communist, you don't have taxes because it just all goes. It's gone. You're you're just a part of the cog. So I don't trust those people because it's it's a circular logic thing. I'm not a fan of communism whatsoever, but... If you really want to go far right, you're going to be communist because you hate taxes so much you don't even want income. Yeah, it's Libertarian. Like a Sounds yeah. good on paper, communism. It's like a globe. You just go too far right, suddenly yeah. you're on the left. 24? Yeah. You just said it sounded good on paper? Yeah. Well, I remember when I was 24. Oh, I thought you were talking about the show 24. It sounded good on paper. It's a good show. I just got that. Uh, I just got that. Saves the world Thank in you, 24 hours. Love that show. <laughs> Uh, so that's the Red Scare, right? You know, we're talking about the Red Scare here. Right. So young Roy starts to make a name for himself on the national stage by prosecuting 11 members of the American Communist Party during the Smith Act trials in New York. Spooky. Um, now a lot of these convictions, um, were due to Roy's fantastic ability to coach witnesses. (sighs) You know what that means? Making them say what you want. Yeah. You, you take their scrotum and you put it in an orange juicer. 
And it's just like, if I don't like what you say, I'm going to twist. That's scary. Well, that should happen. You, gotta, you really got to understand. Roy Cohn, he's amazing at talking. Yeah. He is... He can, can, he can slap my dog right now and then somehow get you in jail for slapping my dog. Yeah. Good talker. I'd yeah. probably believe him, too. I'd be like, fuck, you're right. Yeah, you'd sit there and you'd think about it. Go, <laughs> you'd fuck, apologize I can't believe I did that. Arresting yourself. <laughs> yeah, actually, one of Roy's colleagues said that Roy would make a fantastic lawyer if he ever opened a law book. Ooh. <sighs> so he's, he's basically doing this whole law, legal thing, just fucking bullshitting and... You know, handing out money places, greasing palms, chatting up lawyers. Yeah. He's, he's greasing a lot of palms. Where did he get the money? Just from family? Old money? Well, we'll kind of get into where he gets his money a little oh, later. Oh, good. He's fun. Good. He makes his money uh, by having fun. You know, they say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. <laughs> That's true <laughs> both ways. You could be in the, in the unemployment line. Yeah. Yeah. I love podcasting. So, not working a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> While chasing down commies, Roy is building connections. He's impressing, uh, you know, people in high places, getting some hot goss. You know what oh. I mean? Yeah. Um, and one of his usual hangouts uh, where he used to meet a bunch of elites was the Stork Club in New York. I don't know exactly where it was. but Why is it called that? I don't know. It's a weird name. So Roy hung out with Cy Newhouse, whose father owned Condé Nast. Uh, oh. That's Vanity Fair, Vogue, and The New Yorker, and oh, wow. as well as a bunch of um, uh, newspapers across the nation. He also was friends with a guy named Dick Berlin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I have not heard that name in forever. Thank yeah, you, porn Travis. star name. It does sound like a porn star name, but he was actually the guy who replaced William Randolph Hearst the CEO of Hearst, which owns uh, Esquire, L, Harper's Bazaar, and all the rest of the papers that Conde didn't own. So he knows everyone. Yeah, I mean, these he knows, Roy knows everyone. He's like a really good ability at just kind of knowing everyone. But these two guys are really important because they control the media. Right, like, I mean, those, I've, I've said that for years, too. Like, you find one guy named Cy and one guy named Dick, and then you explain that to people. They'll do whatever you want. I mean, I would have picked Duck as the second guy. Yeah. Psyduck? You're... Oh! oh Pokemon! Oh, I hate this podcast. <laughs> so, uh, these guys are good dudes to know if you want to spread dirt. But now, how do you get that dirt? Well, Roy had uh, heard some news that the closet cross-dressing founder of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover... Was going to be at the Stork Club. Nice. Um, so you know, right. there's there's Jay Hoover. He's bopping and booping around, and Roy comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, I don't like commies. Uh, <laughs> I also have a non-conventional sex life. Uh, let's be friends." Mm, yeah, yeah, that goes a long way. <laughs> sure. So Roy gets into the bed into bed with the FBI and two of uh. the big of the nation's biggest media outlets. Probably literally. He Yes, maybe. Yeah, I mean, definitely, literally. I mean, if you yeah. scraped this guy's stomach in his grave now, you will find DNA evidence for all these people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jesus Christ. Okay, so all this is happening, and Roy gets his big break, uh, which is probably one of the most important trials of the 20th century. You guys know what that is? Uh, Watergate? 
No, no he didn't get Watergate. Uh, um, this was it was a McCarthy one, right? It was the Rosenberg trial. Okay, what was that? So this was the trial of a husband and wife, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, two Jews in New York that had slipped the Soviet Union secrets of the atomic bomb. Oh, oh I remember these assholes. Right, they were spies. I have no idea about this. They actually. You didn't know about these guys? No. The whole thing was a witch hunt. Yeah. Okay. It was. Yeah. They, they, I don't think they actually did anything. I, I remember watching something a while ago where there's like no evidence of them being spies at all, and they, they killed these people, didn't they? Uh, yeah. So I've I've heard I've heard that they were kind of involved, but um, I'll tell you how Roy was involved. Um, so he was part of the pros- prosecuting team for the U.S. Attorney Saypol, right? Mm-hmm. And he came up with some pretty unethical ways of stacking the evidence against these two. Like you said, Tom, it was like kind of a witch hunt where they were guilty before they were even there was any evidence. There was any evidence. Kangaroo trial. He's feeding shit to the media about these people before they even knows any information. He's hanging the Russian flag in their in their living room, setting them up and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're never going to find a a fair and balanced jury ever. Yeah, Um, and also. And also, Roy had a, a personal problem with them because after the war, there was a lot of anti-Semitism towards like the fact that all Jews were communists. So Roy was like, let's show America that both the, the prosecuting attorney himself and ju- the judge, Judge Kaufman, were willing to take down the Rosenbergs and protect America, right? Like, so it's like, not all Jews are communists. Well, so he, go, he, he would go and interrogate them and be like, look... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you guys up. How would you guys like to be the next messiah? <laughs> Basically, nice. I'm, I'm going to make us work in this country. I mean, you know what I mean. Come on. Little bro time. Yeah. Little bro time. You, me. You know, yes, I might be sending you to, to, uh, to a death sentence. But also, come on. We're on the same team. I am helping the world accept your people. By killing you. Come well, on. Jesus good. too. Sounds Super good. Jesus, bro. Yeah, Jesus too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Uh, so Roy actually flew out to Los Alamos National Laboratory, uh, where he strong-armed Ethel's brother, David Greenglass, um, who was a nuclear scientist um, that had passed off information to her husband, Julius. And then he coached Greenglass to testify against his brother-in-law in court. Uh, when to lie, what story to tell. And wow. Greenglass was like, all right, if I like do this, I get off the hook. Which he did, and also Ugh. he might be able to save his sister from harsh, pro- harsh pros- prosecution. Okay, <laughs> nice guy. Um, so yeah. all, but this was all lip lip service because when it came time for Judge Kaufman to give his verdict, Kaufman was looking at life without parole for Julius and just a heavy sentence for Ethel. Oh my! God. But Roy Roy came in and was like. Hey, uh, hey, Kaufman. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you should give them both uh, the death penalty. Whoa. Now I know what you're thinking, okay. Jews, right? Well, I'm Jewish. Look, just look at me. My mom had my <laughs> nose removed. I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> look at the gold star. So Roy's uh, convinced. Obviously, like you were saying, Tom, Roy, Roy could convince anyone, and he his persuasion worked. So these. Two pa- these parents, Julius and Ethel, parents of two young boys, on, ni- on June nineteenth, nineteen fifty three, were both sizzled on the electric chair. Oh, Ooh. Fuck. Now Julius uh, died after the first electric shock, 
Ethel, on the other hand, was given the normal three electric shocks. They went like... And then was removed from the chair. The doctors were like, oh, shit, her heart is still beating. So they strapped her back into the chair, gave her two more shocks, and the witnesses say that smoke rose from her head. Holy shit. You gotta wet their head. That song's every day at work. (laughs) 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 You see that shit? That's normal stuff. I mean, you got to make white fish somehow. Do they uh, wet down those chairs too before they electrocute people? They uh, they wet the headpiece in your head. Oh, <laughs> that's so terrible. Why does that bother you? You're <laughs> supposed to do like that so the hair doesn't catch on fire, Mike. Oh, just a wet head. Oh, dude, you, dude, they You're put some damp. <laughs> they put some damp on you. Ooh, not the hair. <laughs> I just pomaded that. I'd like to be zapped to death in my nether regions, perhaps. Something I can wear something over. I need to look good at my funeral. <laughs> so with all this anti... Well, so so with this anti-communist trial putting Roy in the spotlight, I mean, he was literally on TV. He got the attention of Joseph McCarthy. And, you know, the Red Scare. He's the Hollywood blacklist boy. Um, and McCarthy was a wicked drunk and deserves his own episode. Um, but we'll talk about how Roy fed into this 50s communist air hysteria. Scare hysteria. That's a hard thing to say. Hysteria. 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 Red scaria. Red scaria. The so, Iron Curtain. That's yeah, different. So, Is the same thing, kind of? I don't know. I'm just I'm busting your chops. So McCarthy, uh, under the recommendation of J. Edgar Hoover, was scooped up as the chief counsel of the Senate Permanent Subcommittee of Investigations. No, too many stupid words. government names. Um, Roy actually beat out Robert Kennedy, who became a lifelong enemy for the position. Hmm. Well, Bobby, Bobby, he got assassinated too, right? Yeah, he was shot in the kitchen yeah. and fell into spaghetti. You asked Fuck, that last episode. I'll wear you out. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you, we were talking about that. You, you, <laughs> you actually asked, asked me episode. on the last episode <laughs> of the Frank Sinatra one. I did not the last one. A couple, a couple ago. But yeah, you brought that up, and here we are, a couple weeks yeah. later. Deja vu, man. Dude, you is your brain a a loaf? Weird. Deja, Mike. <laughs> I think I've done Deja this before. <laughs> so Roy was pretty much given free reign to go after whoever, whomever he liked. Uh, and Roy was, um, well, Roy's bit was a big proponent of holding closed off the record sessions and interrogating suspected communists in these closed sessions. That sounds really bad. Well, you know what they say about, uh, suspected communists, right? What? Big dicks. Oh, hung like a Stalin. Yeah. Hung like a Lenin boy. He's doing a windmill like Lenin, but then like Stalin's <laughs> looking at his butthole. I'm going to have to ask you to not record any of this. And not talk to anyone. And if you will put that inside of me, I will help you out. <laughs> so uh, Roy and Joe uh, actually said Joe McCarthy said that um, if they couldn't convict them as commu- for com- sorry if they couldn't convict them for communist subversion, they would nail them for perjury. So I was like, we don't care if you're a communist or not. We'll have you lie in court, and then we'll just fucking send you to jail anyway. It's fucked up. That's too much power. Yeah. <laughs> now let me yeah. have it. So Roy ruined countless lives, uh, blacklisting people from the government, either directly by calling them communists or indirectly by leaking information from Hoover 
that he provided from the FBI to Condé Nast and Hearst. Uh, sometimes the information was real. Sometimes it was just made up just to fuck with people's lives. Uh, yeah. He's the hero we needed. But also when you right? say the information was real, it's like they looked at anything like a red flag. Yeah. You know, like he he uh, he plays guitar after midnight. He's Whoa. obviously a communist. Oh, definitely. What a, like, what it was, a like nothing here was worth calling people communists the way they did. Um, right. And when you say truths, it's <laughs> yeah, it's just like a, he ate ham. He's got a bunch of red t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like how red his wardrobe is. He's always wearing red. He, he only eats boiled he, potatoes. He Back put home. shrimp in between his toes. Yeah, communist. Yeah, put him in my bed and then in jail. <laughs> He's too nice. <laughs> so yeah. one of one of the big things Roy did was that uh, you know McCarthy instructed him to fly to all the American embassies in Europe and make sure that their books in the library were not dirty, subversive communist books. It's a lot right? of work. Uh-huh. So one of the, one of, uh, a few of the big uh, culprits for communist works were Dashiell Hammett, who wrote The Maltese Falcon. Uh, you might have seen that movie. He writes like pulp, uh, you know, fucking detective books that are not communist at all. And African American poet Langston Hughes, oh. and both both of them testified in Congress to Roy um, in this whole Red Scare thing. Right, but what about the Rainbow Fish? What's the Rainbow Fish dog? Remember that book, the Rainbow Fish? Was that, that Langston, Langston Hughes? Hughes? That wasn't Langston Hughes. That was uh, no, no, no. But it was communist? a fish. It was a fish that, that learned to share all of its scales with other fish. Communist! Whoa! It was very slightly communist. I knew it. I love that book. Roy recruited fellow rich kid David Shine. Oh, he's my favorite character so far. I love him. I'm so excited for you to talk about this guy. Okay, so Shine accompanied Roy on these trips, and Shine had absolutely no qualifications to be there. He was just some blonde-haired, blue-eyed idiot from a rich family that started yelling uh, how communists were bad. Yeah, Um, but... Trav, do you know why he brought him with him? No, I just thought it was just because they were kind of butt buddies. Oh, they were definitely butt buddies. Um, David Shine is fucking hot. He's a hot man. But if you listen to him talk, he sounds retarded. Like, <laughs> he straight up, he's got nothing in his head. He Like, I was watching him talk at a panel about um, when they were over in, like, the UK after the war talking about how they're going to find communists. And he was like, we are here <laughs> to look uh, into anti-communist and communist propaganda behaviors. And and the whole time, Roy Khan is looking at him like, I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Dude, with his like, weird little beady eyes, is like, oh Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Is he a communist? David Shine was Finish fucking it. hot. He was a hot boy. Yeah. And, but people were like, why is he here? Like, yeah. this guy, everyone's like, he's an idiot. Yeah, uh, Roy, 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 Roy Khan stuck his bo- neck out so he can fucking bang him. Like, yeah. Like, overseas. He just yeah. wanted steady balls in his mouth. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. So they're over there pulling books off of shelves. And, like, so they Roy got the nickname The Book Burner. Uh, and wonder why. This is kind of ironic, again, because he's Jewish. Uh, book burning 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Europe, Europeans thought that McCarthyism was America heading towards fascism. Yeah, I, mean, um, I never thought of it like that. Not really wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm glad yeah. we nipped that in the bud. Yeah. So now there are a lot of questions like Tom was talking about why these two dudes in their 20s are going around uh, Europe together. Because obviously Shine doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no, no way in hell. You can't hire a guy to, to find the books to burn if he can't read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a dumb fucking blonde like trust fund baby. Yeah. Like, it, that's all he is. It's fantastic. And Google him. He's really handsome. I get it. Yeah. I, I get it, Roy. You want to have sex with this Ken doll. And he's good looking. Right? So Roy actually frequented uh, Washington, T- D.C.'s gay bars at the time, which Whoa. there were in the 50s. They were very underground because um, people at the time were... Sorry, I wrote some weird side note here. Um, people at the time were persecuting uh, homosexuals in the government. Um, and this sure. was known as the Lavender Scare. So we had the Red Scare and Whoa. the Lavender Scare. It smells too good in here. Someone's got to be doing something illegal. Put them in jail. <laughs> Put them in jail now, boys. What's that sweet scent? Mm. Yeah, so the- male anus? You guys report back to me. I'm going back to the hot dog truck. I'm going to eat this real slow. <laughs> in one bite. <laughs> so the same hysteria, hysteria that was propagating the Red Scare was also going against homosexuality. Um, just, just a side note, which was kind of weird. Um, Senate at the time had their own bathhouse in the Capitol building. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and no, no staffers or aides were allowed. But somehow Roy and David Shine were allowed in this bath. It was the first time someone besides a Senate man was like allowed in this bathhouse. <laughs> I can't fucking believe it. Yeah. Oh, on top of all this, I just wanted to bring up that Roy still lived with his mother, Dora. He actually lived with her his entire life. Oh. Uh, her entire life until she died in the 60s. Kind of like Andy Warhol. Yeah. These hmm. ver- these very powerful people who don't want to talk about being gay, which does make sense. The, the uh, America was out to get you back then, but there's right. an attachment thing. It's like, uh, you know, it's I, I feel like it subsidized their ideas for family values. You know, I, yeah. I'm here with my mother. I'm taking care of them. Uh, I attached myself to this. This is where my... This is... I, I value this more than I do a family because it is, or making my own family because it's my pre-existing one, you know. Yeah. Right. So, so before you start feeling bad for Roy and say like, oh, he's just in the closet, he couldn't like expose himself. So there were thousands <laughs> of American and military personnel losing their jobs because people found out they were gay. Right. Now Roy's gay ass, along with the cross-dressing Hoover, were uh-huh. on the leaderboards for rooting out homosexuals. In the government at the time. Yeah. So I mean, you can't these say no, guys, though. yeah, these two guys who are gay are <laughs> fucking finding gay people and ruining their lives. But do you think if they said no, the government would think they were gay and come after them? They, they were the ones that were starting they this. Started, they started, are the know? government oh. that said to do yes. this. Covering their tracks. Yeah. It's the monsters on Maple Street all over again. Well, actually, probably right before Good that. Story. But... <laughs> But realistically, it's like a unspoken truth. Who who's the best guy to persecute gay people and find them? You know, really figure them out. Because like, it's, if you if you put a bunch of great uh, a, a bunch of straight guys uh, at the head of a department that's out to hunt gay dudes, they don't know where to look. Everyone's a gay dude to them. Yeah, you know, like you well, put yeah. me in charge of that when I was politically incorrect, Tom. Fucking gay, dude. 
You're done. <laughs> it is what it is. What do you it do? You true. fucking Mike, your wife make you a sandwich today? You're not going to go get a steak with the boys? Fucking gay. Yeah, and there also wasn't HGTV <laughs> back then, so you couldn't, like, peer into their living room and be like, oh, he's watching that. Yeah. <laughs> found another one. Um, so if Roy found out that you were gay, he would blackmail you. Um, he's like, oh, I found out that you like what I like to do. You're going to lose your job now if you don't pay me or do something. <laughs> or do something? <laughs> yeah. Um, he would also run scandal, um, in, you know, Hearst and Condé papers. Um, now the thing was, everyone knew that Roy was like into dudes. Like, it, <laughs> it, it was like, for, for Roy, he didn't see himself as gay or homosexual because in his mind someone that was gay or homosexual was feminine uh oh. yeah yeah i mean not true <laughs> it's no, not um, true not true at but all i can see how he's using that loophole it's just like i don't wear skirts i'm not gay fuck you yeah while he's like peen deep yeah, yeah while he's ever, peen deep in a guy if you've ever by accident uh seen lots of gay porn you'll notice <laughs> that the guys who are, are performing it are extremely manly they, they're, yeah. they're just men. Well, the, you know? Here it depends on straight. what tab you've, you're clicked yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. It it depends on what two class, straight men yeah. having get, uh, gay sex. That, they, yeah, they get paid. That happens. More. Yeah, it's true. Um, all accidentally. All yeah, of this but, is accidental gay porn view. Of course, yeah. yeah. So the only reason why Roy got a pass was because he was the one holding the power, right? Like, yeah. Like Roy was doing dirty shit. He was in these Washington gay bars, but like he's the one that's running the lavender scare. So. You can't get him. <laughs> he knows the FBI's. Can't get him. It's like if Jason Bourne was gay in the Jason Bourne movies. Good. Can't get, get him. Free card. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hmm. So Roy started focusing the Lavender Scare on the military after they had forced his buddy David Shine to join the military because he had somehow been draft dodging. But what was his problem with gay people, though? Like, why was he so hellbent? To contextualize the time, you know. But we, he was gay himself. Yeah, but no, not not in his head, not, not in his own head. Not, yeah. He may have yeah. liked he may have liked to have two to three dicks in his butt at once. Yeah, but that's not gay unless you kiss. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's yeah. Roy's logic. Yeah. Um, sick in the head, so yeah. Roy had poked the wrong, wrong anus when he. <sighs> Uh, attack the military because a trial had started against McCarthy, Roy, and Shine that ultimately put an end to McCarthy's special consul. Um, and McCarthy, a few years later, died of alcoholism. Oh, I wonder why. I mean, it's a good there, way to you know lose your sexual appetite. There were also rumors that Roy and Joe McCarthy were touching butts as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were. They're hanging they out did. all day together, you know, sometimes. Uh, Touching. Real Lots. world rumor, roast mortem fact. <laughs> yes. I like this. I so by, by the late 50s and early 60s, Roy really hit his wild years, right? So if you didn't think this guy was fucking nuts already, it's about to like go to like 100 a million percent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 100 a million of percents, right? So... Yeah. He was the attorney superstar. Like, he had gotten so much. This is when TV, like, first started happening, right? So people were seeing Roy as, like, the attorney, like, during all this Red Scare shit. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so he's mixed 
mixing and mingling with celebrities and like officials. It's very much kind of like the precursor to the Kardashian dad. No, guy. Yeah. very cool. Very cool Not. people. Very normal. Very uh, influential, respectable people. We're like Judge Judy kind of too. Eh, we'll see. She actually, yeah, I guess so. Fucking, she's a she's a liar. She's not in New York City. No, <laughs> nah, that bitch sucks. See our Lou Pearlman episode. <laughs> yeah. So Get Justin Wang's take on it. Yeah. Okay, I gotta back up a little bit with Trav. I might have to cut this, but are okay. you gonna talk any more about the um the army thing? No. Okay, let me. I'm gonna back this up right now. The whole hearing that happened with um his his lavender scare and him and McCarthy going going like uh calling a bunch of the army people communists and stuff. They were trying to get his buddy uh, David off. David Shine. They're trying to get him off. And um, out of out of out of duty. Right. From draft dodge. So this was actually one of the first televised hearings that happened in the United States. Oh, okay. So it I did was not know. L- like you said before, someone we we're throwing around reality TV shit. This was that. Everyone at the the trial who who was at this hearing was basically throwing Lots and lots of gay jokes right at Roy on TV. And Roy's sitting there sweating and squirming like the tired little cactus man he is. <laughs> sitting right next to fucking McCarthy. McCarthy's defending him. I don't really know if McCarthy knows the motives behind just getting David Shine out of there. That's what it turned into where it was like, okay... Why are you doing this? Why are you coming after? And then they start They're bring, pals. And they they start throwing around David Shine's name. And they're like, "Why do you care about having best friends?" Um and I think it was this guy uh uh Welch. Warren Welch. Welch. Yeah, Welch is all yeah. like, "Uh listen, buddy. I get it. We got a lot of friends. Everyone's got friends here, right? I got friends that I like. I'd even say I got friends I love. <laughs> Would you say you have a friend you love?" In David Shine. Jesus Christ. So the whole thing was crazy, and McCarthy started going off uh, at, uh, at some point trying to stick up for this bullshit charade of a just get David Shine out of their case. Eventually, this is what broke the Red Scare, though. Uh, yeah, it's all so, because it's all because Roy wanted to get his weenies up. Right. Basically, there, there's a famous line that that this dude Welsh said to McCarthy when he started going really off the rails at this hearing about this stuff. Uh, it ended with a really famous line, which is, uh, have you no sense of decency? Because <laughs> basically they were trying to say, like, what are you fucking trying to do here? Like, you know, you're obviously a bunch of gays. <laughs> we're the ones paying you to take down gays. We know you're gay. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> let this slide so we can we can continue here, you know? Yeah, well, well, Roy had actually, like, straight up blackmailed the general because he had found him, like, sucking someone's dick behind Whoa. the... Yeah, he probably found him sucking his dick. <laughs> yeah, probably. Took a photo. Yeah, so either way, the whole thing, um, that was kind of the end of the Red Scare because it was televised, and everyone got to act, got to see McCarthy and Roy Khan act like children on live TV. Right. And, it all began. Yeah, all of a sudden, the world was kind of like... Um, I don't think we have the right guys fighting communists. And also, we have a banging economy. I don't really think I need to worry about that. So, yeah, right. uh, next season, please. Put a dog ear. Dog ear this, please. Um, so, right. he, they, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that whole hearing. There was one guy who's, who's um, 
literally like holding a piece of evidence in his hand that Roy had given him. And he was like, where'd you get this, son? Uh, from a magical place? Perhaps from a pixie? Aren't pixies cousins of fairies? They were ripping into him. And Roy Khan... Yeah, he is just like, this isn't working. This oh, is not no. working. And McCarthy's just like, we're gonna make it work, and you're gonna suck my dick later. <laughs> Okay, so by the late 50s and early 60s, this was Roy's real wild years. I mean, he was the attorney superstar, kind of like the Kardashian dad, you know, real important people in America. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love those guys. Perfect. Uh, so he joined the New York firm Sachs, Bacon, and O'Shea. <laughs> okay. What a name. Yeah. It was like shea butter, but there's bacon involved, and you, someone's playing a sexual saxophone. Yeah, it's an awful, awful nightclub. It still exists. But I think it's it's under a Panera. <laughs> oh, you get a soup when you go there. Yeah. I love Perfect. going to the Panera Club. Um, so that firm actually was under investigations a decade earlier for being buddy buddy with Hitler. Oh you don't wanna no, you don't wanna be buddy buddy with that guy. That's not good. You, no. Well, you, Maybe you do. Mm, mm, Maybe you do. Mm, mm, <laughs> what are you looking so, for? What are you looking for? We got it. You yeah. want a little? You want a vegetarian guy who farts a lot, hates Jews? That's your friend. Yeah, okay, he's got your friend. It's not my friend. Stoop- I'm just saying. You know, got them stupid mustache. He's kind of small. My art's like not very good. Dobermanst. Loves him. <laughs> uh, so Roy starts doing criminal justice, which was something that his father, Al, who was still alive at the time, did not approve of. But the reason why Roy started to do criminal justice was because he wanted to get into bed with the Italian mafioso. Very, very good spaghetti. Yeah, so he he represented Vito Genovese, which was our local uh, convenience store. Yeah, Vito (laughs) Genovese's. Yeah, Yeah, Genovese. Yeah, we got Band-Aids in aisle uh, four, and uh, we just got a lot of Band-Aids, really. You I, know, that's why I people think, come to us. I think one of my favorite Genevieve stories, and this is a, uh, we're, we're shooting, if we were going to make a network, it would be a cross-network promotion right now. Mm. Uh, the host of Heavy Hole, Justin Wallen, shaking out a poop out of his pant leg in Genevieve's. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did I miss? <laughs> Yeah, uh, he'll be on and he can tell the yeah. story. Well, well uh, yeah, we can't throw him under the bus like that, but he does tell that story, no problem. So I'd rather it come from his mouth. <laughs> uh, Roy also represented Fat Tony um, and also I, a bunch of other fat Italian serial killers. Um, and I say serial killers because I feel like they never mention mafia dudes as serial killers, but they are serial killers. Dude, no, they're guys with hats who are misunderstood. It's business for them, I feel like. It's kind of like, you know, like a, they want to do it, but they have to do it, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... I'm not, I don't think you're wrong. I, I don't know. I, I got a lot. <laughs> We're not a true crime podcast. We can't no, answer never. these questions. Yeah, we don't know what serial killers are. Um, okay, so the mob bosses would actually hold meetings at Saks, Bacon, and O'Shea at their office... <laughs> 
because they knew the place wasn't bugged, except for maybe by Roy. But, like, the feds weren't listening in, unless if you count Roy, who was friends with the feds. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, well, he was the uh, blurred line between the the government officials and the the seedy underbelly. And also, he looked like a bug. And when you can yeah. see the bug... Your mind is at ease. You don't have to think, well, is there a bug? It's just like, no, this man, it's right uh, there. he's got the head of a moth, Ugh. and uh, he's a tired Nose moth. He's a, he eats so much tuna and sucks so much dick that he looks like a moth. Oh, we're going to get into the tuna consumption, my friend. Yeah. We're yeah. going to get into the tuna consumption. <laughs> um, also, fish. just I want to mention this now because we're talking about fucking, oh, way, oh, mafioso. Uh, so later in Roy's career, he defended and got John Gotti out of a murder charge of shooting oh. someone in the face in Ooh, a that's steakhouse. Good. With hundreds of witnesses. That's hundreds. Yeah. A loaded steakhouse. It was it was prime rib night. And there really? you go. John Gotti, eyebrows first, walks in, shoots a guy in the fucking head. And Roy Kahn. Everybody uh, saw it, though. I'll suck a few dicks, get you out of this. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus That's fucking how it Christ. Works. See, but the thing was, like, as we entered the 60s, Roy, by all accounts, was living a playboy lifestyle. He was always seen with girls around his arms, right? Um, but at the same time, he's still living with his mom. Actually, one time, President Eisenhower called his home, probably to do some little shady business, but his mom answered the phone and was like, oh, can Roy call you back in 15 minutes? He's taking bubble bath. <laughs> Those are nice. I don't want my bubble baths interrupted for fuck's sake. I don't want anyone to know I'm taking them unless, like, <laughs> yeah. I, That's also true. I'm doing it. No, I don't want anyone else to find out. I want to put the tub in the middle of the road that I live on, and when people pass, they go, Tom did that for himself. Not mom <laughs> drew that bath for him. So Roy had no concept of money. He would constantly borrow or max out credit lines. Wait. Uh, mostly on vain things like cars, boats. And just would never pay them back. Um, one of the times, one of the times he asked his friend, uh, multi-millionaire, his first name is Milton. Um, Milton. Milton, Milton millionaire. Yeah. Um, he asked Milton if he could borrow 10k. He's like, "Yo, dude, I'm in a desperate jam. I need to get 10k. Let me get it." So the next day, he goes to pick up Milton and his son in a brand new Rolls Royce. Mm -hmm. And then he drives them to the airport, and Milton's son says, Gee, Dad, I wish we could afford a car like this. And Milton says, You know, Johnny, I think we did. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had two Rolls Royces, by the way. Oh, oh he had, yeah. Yeah, he had a few. Yeah, I'd be so pissed off. I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? Hey, uh, didn't I just give you 10K? Yeah. It's like, it's like when a... When a uh, one of you, one of your younger friends asks you for five dollars for let's say Taco Bell or McDonald's. Yeah. And uh, the next day you see them and they have a brand new fitted hat with a sticker on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a lot yeah. of five dollar meals right there, sir. That's six just... five dollar meals. Yeah. Did you wow. just buy the new Smash Mouth album that I wanted to get? You did not use the money in the right place. <laughs> Well, this is why I never lend people money. Yeah. Because I'm jealous. Um, well, on top of all this, Roy would, like, spend way... he bat way above his league and buy his clients jaguars and fur coats. 
There was one time he was driving his his friend down to DC in a Jaguar, and when they got there, he was like, "Just keep it. Don't worry. No, no oh. problem." Um, and in terms okay. of the fur coat, he gave a woman a fur coat, and then didn't pay off the. I don't know what this op- occupation is really called. A furrier, fur, yeah. uh, furrier. Uh, Travis, you should know this. <laughs> so he didn't pay off the furry, and the furry like saw the woman wearing the f- coat and sued her. <laughs> oh, he's what? that type of friend. Yeah, and Roy was like, I don't know. I thought he bought it. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I got so many bills coming in and out. Uh, I don't know. You you want to go get a sandwich, tuna sandwich on me? <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that Roy loved was his yacht. He loved sailing. Mm. Ah. Hey, yeah. I would too if I had a yacht. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also I'm in the yeah, same camp as yeah. you. I don't have a yacht, therefore I hate yachts. Yeah, I hate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck. As that. soon as I get one, I'd love them. Yeah, Why do they yeah. always have clubs for them though? Like, you know what I mean? But like, I got a yacht. I don't need to hang out with you. I have a yacht. I just well, go out on my yacht. yacht. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Also, that word has a silent ch. Fuck that word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck that word. Yeah. So. So his yacht was a 92-foot vessel named the Defiance. Oh, lovely. Um, and he would moor it in Connecticut. He had a getaway house in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, but Roy would have the captain constantly change marinas because he refused to pay mooring fees to the various harbor masters. <sighs> yeah. Love it. <laughs> wow. He'd just constantly be like, oh, shit, I owe them like 50 bucks. Man, I'm going to go this one. With a yacht. He's he's escaping a $50 fee <laughs> in a fucking yacht. Yes, very yeah. sad people. Yeah. This is how you keep your money. It yeah. really is. Yeah. This this is how you keep this your is, yacht money. This is how billionaires become billionaires. They uh, they know how to do it. You gotta save it. An ill-gotten 50 bucks at a time. <laughs> <laughs> it adds up. Eventually. So he hosted everything on this yacht from... Uh, Outings with presidents like LBJ, Nixon, and Reagan. Mm-hmm. Also, wild bisexual orgies. Mm, a cool. famous dep- a famous diplomat's wife, uh, which was unnamed. It didn't say what diplomat it was. But her boarding ticket was to give every man on the crew, uh, every man on the ship, a blowjob, including the crew. Wow. Well, that doesn't mm. add up much because, like, once you. Uh, how much would a boarding ticket be otherwise? Like eight fifty. You could just bought yeah eight eight dollars and fifty cents. I don't know what is that one and a half blowjobs in nineteen sixty money. <laughs> that doesn't add uh, up. It doesn't add up. And Roy, when Roy really came out of the closet, which we'll get to, um, and when he like exclusively fucked men, uh, he basically made this like dream boat so like all of his like deckhands and crew members he fucked and were like these like blonde you know strapping young men yeah he was into the Dolph Lundgren look also before when you said bisexual orgy I'm sorry but a gay orgy that your mom happens to be sleeping on the boat in doesn't make it bisexual (laughs) keep it down no, she, he would he would use he would use this yacht as his getaway from his mom. He'd be like, "Oh, mom, I gotta go on my yacht." Ooh. That's not true. That's not true at all because there's a lot of pictures of her on the yacht. Well, I know, but she he would he would come out with her on the yacht, but like he would ma- he would mainly use this to escape his life. 
right? So, like, yeah, of course there's pictures of her on the yacht, but, like... Birthday parties, man. Yeah. Well, you gotta... <laughs> You, you know, you gotta celebrate the old mantis face uh, mother in your life every now and then. Just monster So, twice. Roy loved to jet ski, and often he would ride his yacht up and down the Hudson water skiing. Now, this is the 1960s and 1970s, and the Hudson it was a polluted fucking yeah, right? piece of shit river. Like, like, regardless, you know, now people go up to Beacon and they're like, oh my god, the Hudson is so beautiful. Isn't that where all the sewage leads out to? Like, all the Dude, shit water? It, yeah, it was a corpse cutter. Yeah. yeah, back then it was like they were dumping fucking nuclear waste and, like, huh, cars and, like, fucking crap Bodies. into this ocean. Yeah, this was not a place you'd want to swim. Most people didn't, but for some reason, Roy... Mm. He he put he both ski. he put skis on his feet. Like, all right, so water skiing, uh, you're already fucked up, and now you're doing it in human feces in a speedo. Yeah, and the only people allowed on board are Dolph Lundgren-looking sex men. Mom's <laughs> locked in the basement. Yeah, mom's in the basement, but she also <laughs> wants to be there sometimes because she she's a people pleaser. She really is. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, someone asked him, "How could you? How could you water ski in that water? Like it's fucking gross." And Roy said, "How do you think it got so dirty?" Ooh, he's <laughs> that type of thing. Zinger, damn. Factoid: Water skiing, easiest way to get uh, brain-eating parasites. Really? Yeah, because when you eat shit, it just goes straight up your fucking nose <laughs> oh, wow. at like a high velocity. <laughs> I saw like an Animal Planet uh, documentary on it. Water skiing. Very dangerous. Awful. All right, so let me tell you the story of the, um, to back it up real quick, uh, painting more of a picture about his mom, uh, Dora. So when they were very young, they had a bunch of family members over at their house, the place on, um, what was it, Fifth Avenue? Park. Park Avenue. Yeah. So they had a table of about, like, you know, a dozen or so relatives around. It was him, uh, her, Dora, Roy, uh, uh, Schmuck Dad, uh-huh. and, then, and then the rest of the family. So apparently... One of the uh, kitchen staff help that they had died on the job in the kitchen. Oh! And Dora demanded that the person who died just be put under the prep counter. Oh my god! Because she didn't want to interrupt the seder. I did read that. That's so fucked. Terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And apparently, like an aunt walked in. She's like, "What the fuck's going on in here?" She's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. We're good. Deal with it later." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, The whole family found out like an hour after she died. Yeah. She's already dead. You know, you really can't do anything about it. They they broke the challah. They dipped it in in the honey for a for a you know for juice. Um, filled the fished up, and right before the the main course, that's like, oh yeah. The, by the way, there's been a, a a dead bitch in the kitchen the entire time. Uh, I put her under the counter. Don't worry about tripping on her. I saran wrapped her. She won't leak. Yeah. Okay. So the thing about Roy's yacht is he just. We're gonna go back to the yacht. Okay. Right. So uh, the thing about Roy's yacht is uh, mechanically he didn't take care of it. He didn't take care of his cars either. His Rolls Rolls Royces were constantly breaking down. Mm. Um, And it caught fire and (laughs) sunk off the coast of Florida, killing one of its burly, strapping uh, crew members. Oh, a Chad? Yeah, Yeah, he was total Chad. Dude's 21. He looks like a... College hunk? God. Yeah, well... 
He looked like a Raymundo from Rocket Power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like a younger version. You know, one, one that Tito tells a story about in the, the flashback. <laughs> <laughs> so Roy was uh, suspected for scuttling the ship uh, in international waters for an insurance claim, oh, which he probably Not did. Yeah. But there was also uh, some murder charges that Roy was able to sweep under the table because there was some possible was sex affair thing with this hunk boy, but, you know, never got solved. Yeah, I, and also, um, he... He knew exactly what was going on. He was definitely behind that. He oh, yeah. had that thing burnt into the ocean. Yeah. Um, because right before this happened, he had it moved from his personal property to company property. Yeah. So he couldn't be held liable for it. Yeah. So during... Yeah. I just like yeah. the word And then the scuttle. company got insurance money that I'm sure just went, you know, Back somehow disappeared from the company and ended up in his bank account. Oops. So during the 1960s, Roy got very close with Cardinal Spellman of the Archdiocese of New York. Okay. Um, and he also was very um, familiar with the Catholic Church in general, right? Um, but he would take Spellman out to lunches. He'd bring him on this sex yacht. And uh, the thing was, was Spellman himself was probably gay. And Roy and Spellman were probably boning. But, okay, whatever. Like, priest bones guy cool but <laughs> normal yeah. let's take that but out of context. uh you know i've never had sex with a bird before <laughs> <laughs> but disturbingly spellman was later caught fucking altar boys and choir oh, boys no. and he was he was so blatant about it that he would bring his favorite choir boy around in a limo and bring him to events that poor kid man. <laughs> would, yeah. would he have him on a dog leash well, that, here's the thing: is the altar boy actually bragged that to other people that he was the cardinal's lover? Ooh, right? yeah, so I got like, the best ass pussy. I got the best uh, ass pussy of all these altar boys. Yeah, I'm near the best. Oh, so he was mm, into it. Ding, ding, ding! Look up the Eucharist is now. <laughs> I mean, at least he was into it. Then I guess it's fine. He, he's, he's fourteen. <laughs> he's fourteen, he and then he's all right. That's too young, right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my joke was vile, but your logic is much worse. <laughs> well, well said, Thomas. <laughs> so, so now, Roy, uh, let's let's not assume anything here. But when it came to men, Roy liked them way younger than he was. Mm -hmm. How young? We may mm -hmm. never know. Hmm. But like he did Epstein hang young? out with an alleged or with a known boy toucher, and was very, very, very close to Spellman. <sighs> Are we talking like? Oh, I like the I like Kiefer Sutherland. In Lost Boys, like that's my look, or is it like who'd you take out of the locker this week? <laughs> Jeez. It's pushing who'd you take out of the locker this week? The Hurt Locker. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Roy was very conservative, so conservative that at the end of these ragers, whether it be a openly homosexual rager or something, it was keeping more under the wraps. He would end, or he would at some point during the party. He'd have a mandatory group session where everyone sang God Bless America. What? Why? <laughs> because he's so proud to be an American. He was also a registered Democrat his whole life. Yes, he was. Um, yeah. he, he, he started out as a Democrat and was a registered Democrat, but fell along the lines of conservative. And it would came to a lot of people's surprise that he supported, supported LBJ um, during the 1963 election. But it's not so surprising because he hated the Kennedys, 
And LBJ had beat them out in the primary. So he's like, fuck those dudes. LBJ is the dude. Dude time. <laughs> so eventually, uh, John F. Kennedy became president. And uh, Bobby, Bobby became the attorney general. And was hell-bent on indicting Roy. Like, he, he, I mean, Roy was doing really shady shit, right? But, like, Bobby was like, hey, I don't care what's going on. We're just looking at Roy right now. Roy, well, at this time, pretty much from here on out, Roy is the most openly corrupt person in America. Absolutely. Wow. This is, he is, um, all the Gambino family, all the Lucchese family, they were, he was the lawyer for everyone there. Yeah. He's like a super villain, kind of. Yeah. And his superpower yeah. is yeah. persuasion. Absolutely. But, mm -hmm. but, but Bobby's, Bobby's hatred of him was not stemmed for the fact that he was corrupt. Because the Kennedys were also corrupt. Oh, Just putting it out there. What? Really? But it was a reason. The reason why was because he had beat him out on the special counsel for uh, Joseph McCarthy. Right? Oh. Remember, I was like, "Hey, like McCarthy, like he beat Robert Kennedy." Mm -hmm. So Robert was just like holding a grudge against Roy ever since then. He was just like, "I fucking hate this guy. I don't even know why." So but I Roy don't have sex with his head. <laughs> Roy took out his hatred on the Kennedys on the high seas. What? Now, you see, he would sail his yacht around Long Island Sound looking for Kennedy boats to egg. <laughs> he would keep oh, eggs on his, on his yacht and just find, like, whatever Kennedy boat was there and just fucking throw eggs at him. Now, forgive my ignorance, but does a Kennedy boat have a signifier that it is, in fact, a Kennedy boat? Or was he just egging anything he felt like? It's probably big. <laughs> Any big boat. Also, one time, one of his deckhands. This was a uh, a, a, a memoir of the deckhand. Uh, was that somebody had bought Roy a call girl? Now, remember, Roy's a flaming homosexual, but he would have sex with women yeah. sometimes. Was there a return? He had a great policy? imagination, right? So he could turn any hole into a butthole. Yeah. So this, but this wasn't any call girl. This was actually one of John F. Kennedy's whores that he had banged. <laughs> oh, hey, look at that. So Roy brought her below deck, you know, got that fucking the, Kennedy. The poop dick. Yeah, that Kennedy second fucking sloppy seconds. Sloppy that's seconds, that's yeah. why he got hard. Yeah, right. He and then a murder. Because he's just like, you did it to this chick. I'm going to show you to suck this Jackie on Nassies. <laughs> <laughs> then he emerged from uh, the hull later and was like, man, I'm good at sex. <laughs> You guys know I'm real good at this. Don't really have sex with guys. I don't know what guy people are telling you. Oh, I hit reply all on this email that I said that, yeah. that's, that, that I said I was good at he's sex like, at. Fuck. He's trying to like tell people that he he's he's a uh, he's as uh, straight as they get, and he's whispering Gosh. in people's ears. He's like, Roy, you fucked me last night. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is this is how we live now. Denial. <laughs> The way Roy kept up this high life was through a series of scams. Uh, he set up banks and gave himself crazy lines of credit, and then the bank would go under. He also um, set up a brokerage where he sold bum stocks Ugh. using the insider info that he got from elites and gangsters. And, and he bought the uh, Lionel Train Company. Why does that sound um, familiar? Uh, he was... That's one of the biggest like toy trains. Yeah, uh, companies so not actual ever. Trains. They made a really high quality nerd 
thing. You know, it was basically the fleshlight before the fleshlight awesome. was around, and your rocks would go under the table. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My dad has a bunch of train shit in the basement. I'm like, what? What's with these old people and loving yeah. trains? Yeah, he was actually. Um, what what helped Roy get into that is that uh, one of his relatives was actually a Lionel. Yeah, so he was able to buy a whole bunch of stocks and basically take over the company in the cor- in the matter of a year. Yeah, so he did that, and then basically the company drove the company into bankruptcy. Oh. And he made off like a bandit because, you know, when you make a, uh, when you drive a company into bankruptcy, somehow you get a lot of money. (laughs) It's a white man's game. It really is. Um, So (laughs) now you got this, like, you know what? You know what's funny, too? There was no reason for him to do that. He could have taken over the company, just sat on it, and probably would have come out with more money in the long run. Mm-hmm. Because they were they were they weren't going anywhere for the next thirty years. Yeah, no. This start this started in in fifty nine. The toy uh, the, these Lionel things were still like huge until the nineties. Yeah. Wow. Um. But I mean, that's kind of um. I, I think we'll see how he passed on the torch with declaring bankruptcy on things. I just never could understand how declaring bankruptcy on something can make you gain money. Because you're technically supposed to lose money or like be like in bad blood. Well, with that's creditors. probably it. I think you sold like, your old stock too and stuff like. Yeah, that. you probably racked up the debt and then liquidated right. it to like you know be neutral. That's you know what usually that's usually how like a bankruptcy like a gain a gain earning bankruptcy ploy goes. When you can hide behind an S corp or an LLC and operate in the red for a long time. And make sure you're getting paid oh, yeah. out of that, right? And and then you you just say, oh, uh, hey, taxpayers, I uh, I bought too many hot tubs. I don't know if we can keep the company. Going. <laughs> I'm gonna keep all the hot tubs. Um, yeah, I'm keeping the hot tubs. All my assets are here. You know, yeah. You buy private jets. The money's still there. You can still turn that over. You know, right? So another thing that Roy did is he only used cash, oh. right? Because he never paid taxes. Um, like whenever he did attorney stuff, he would ask for a cash cash advance of like twenty five thousand dollars, and then obviously mm-hmm. there would be no like billing. Like, oh, I spent this time researching your no case. Paper trail. It would just be like, oh, I got twenty five thousand dollars. Right, cool. Yeah, Roy Khan never wrote anything down. Smart no, man. he didn't. His handwriting not... was atrocious too. Yeah, it's hilarious. Left it's no really trace. funny. I saw some of the notes. He writes like um. You ever been drunk and left-handed by accident? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. Um, so the IRS eventually was like, hey, you owe us millions. Um, and he's, and they're like, hey, what about that boat you own? And Roy was like, oh, I don't own that boat. The, remember the uh, Defiance? He's like, I don't own that boat. My multimillionaire friend, Malcolm Forbes, you know, the guy who started Forbes magazine. Oh. That's his. I borrow it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, gotcha. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Hey, who owns that car? Uh, the guy who made the money magazine. So he never put anything <laughs> in his his name. Yeah, he would like start these businesses or go to like multi millionaire dollar you know friends and be like, "Hey, could you like buy me this and I'll like pay you some cash?" That's how you for do it, it, Mike. Fuck. <laughs> Mike's just thinking about all <laughs> the, the things in his name friends. right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mike's like, Mike's like. Next time I go to Taco Bell, I'm gonna get someone to pay on their credit card. Yeah. Name for the cash. order, sir. Can I get a name for the order, sir? Uh, Fico. <laughs> so when Roy eventually died, he owed the IRS millions of dollars, and that was his goal. He wanted to die and owe the IRS. Don't we all? He was close friends with Roger Stone, and he told it. That was like a mantra to him. It was, when you die, die broke and owe millions to the IRS. Yeah. So, obviously, when he was working the court, he was still an attorney through all these scams. Um, He would rig juries, uh, commit bribery, and do favors for the judges. Uh, That was kind of his standard M.O., Right. Um, and a lot of times when he brought in a client, especially if they were uh, a mafia connected, he would say that he was, he would openly say that he was buying out the judge. Whether or not he did that or not, and he might have in certain cases. If not, he would just take their money, like their extra bribery money, and then use it, you know, for whatever Talkers. to buy a new boat or something and not bribe the judge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm hmm. And through his FBI connections, uh, sometimes a briefcase of incriminating information acquired illegally by the FBI would appear on the judge's doorstep or, say, a key, a key witness in order to keep them quiet. Ooh. <laughs> so not exactly a yeah. horse under your duvet cover, but uh, we we know what you did last summer type move. Yeah. This guy, he, he never played by any rules ever. Like, he... he um... He was running it. He was running his own game. He was a fan of Nixon, mm-hmm. and he was very open about if Nixon had hired him to be his attorney, attorney for Watergate, he would have won. Yeah, yeah, and he, he would have just burnt the tapes. That's what he says. Like he's yeah. on record saying that with a bunch of uh, uh, of uh, you know media folks who are interviewing him. They're, they're like, "Oh yeah, you'd win that case. Are you sure?" He'd be like, "Yeah, just burn the tapes. What are they gonna fucking do?" Well, he's got the mafia <laughs> connections. Yeah, these like burly mafia enforcer dudes probably so scaring burly. all these people to fucking. Yeah. Yeah, right. And and also Roy was quick to betray a client. He said that dogs have loyalty. I'm loyal to no one. Uh, so it's like if you have like that client attorney uh, um, privilege, right? Like he he's like fuck that shit. I'm selling it to the highest bidder. No scruples. Hmm. So this lifestyle gave him like the attention span of a gnat. He was very sporadic. He was constantly on the phone chatting to someone uh he was actually one of the first people to have a car phone oh yeah uh and he roy loved to go to the opera in new york but oftentimes he would show up to the met and just stay for the first act and leave because he didn't have the attention span i got gay sex to do (laughs) yeah he's the guy the the guy stay busy i mean i don't know if you you know this about his uh the law firm that he that he started he was never a partner he started it and then practiced under it um the, they operated out of a building that he lived in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he would take meetings in his bedroom. Oh, yeah. oh nice. <laughs> yep. I saw the bedroom. It's creepy. He had this thing for toy frogs. And he loved like, frogs. Yeah, everywhere, all over the room. And his his, his carpet looked like AstroTurf, but he also oh, had cool. like a, one of those sex mirrors above the bed. Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> so, and he would just 
he'd invite people in, uh, other lawyers of the firm that he he hired to all look like sexy men and be like, yeah, come in my room. I'm going to shave my butthole while you tell me uh, what's going on with this case. What's the client's name? I'm going to go ruin this one. <laughs> so in the 60s, Roy, Roy dated Barbara Walters. You might know who she is, right? Yeah. A news lady. Yeah. She hot? So they kind of... Yeah, oh, she's he, hot? He was asking. What do you think, Travis? Is she hot? Uh, I mean, she's got that bob going on, that old lady bob. Here you go, Mike. What do you think of this lady? Ooh. <laughs> Out of ten, Mike. I want to, well, I want to see like nineteen sixty. Uh all right. Hold on. Alright, the Mike rating of Barbara Walters. I need out of wow. ten and pros and cons. And would you uh she looks like Michael Jackson. So that's a con. What do you say that? That's Number Mike. Eight out of ten. Barbara Walters gets an eight from Mike. All right, so Amazing. so Roy Roy dated this eight. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of, sort of dated. Uh, they broke it off because Roy was more into himself than Barbara. You see, Roy loved to jerk off even more than sex. Hmm. Roy would actually brag about his jerking off. He said his fantasies were better than reality. I mean, wow. Yes. That's what sex fantasies are supposed to be, right? I'm just imagining having sex with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we can we pause for a second and say like a lot of gay people bang the almost identical version of themselves? Uh, don't know about uh, that. I don't. Mm. Well, I mean, look at Liberace. You're right. Yeah, Liberace. <laughs> yeah. True. Uh, he, he I don't know if it's true for most. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that might be a bit of a, a broad brush there, Travis. But, but I, I do see. The validity of wearing the face you want to fuck. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Yeah. So Roy actually told Barbara that if they ever got married, there'd be one condition that he could still jerk off. Which, it's weird because like in the 60s, like, oh, you're jerking off, you're cheating on me. It's like, dude, nah. It's fucking choking chick. It's you human just, nature. You just don't do it. Just likes a solitary time. You yeah. have to share it. Moderation. Yeah. Just it's easy. Anyone could do it. You just do it once yeah. or twice a day. Yeah, and then you just use the vagina to jerk off other times. Yeah, that works, right? <laughs> you need to find activities to fill your day so you don't do it all day. Right. Like jerking off with the other hand. Exactly. Or having someone else jerk. Or kick flipping, yeah, right, Mike? That. Exactly. So eventually in the late sixties, Roy's mother, Dora, dies. Womp. Now, Roy had lived with her this entire time, well into his 40s. Ooh. Um, with Dora... She looks... Oh, 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 yeah. She looks the same now um, as she did on her death day. Now, I would say about 30 years old. She really looked about the same. She, You know, her just head rotting out, out of itself. Right. Just gaunt. Like, yeah. No. It's not a good-looking woman. Is I think what we've I'm established. So, so, with Dora dead, Roy became a full-blown homosexual now just just remember that this what this dude did to gays back in the 40s and 50s fucked right him. so mm -hmm. yeah he, well he fucked them but he also yeah. fucked them. literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah not like this <laughs> so he's probably also the reason why homosexuals are still getting grief today in america in the in the 21st century you're he, giving him way too much credit. No, I mean because this dude 
was directly responsible for the election of Nixon and Reagan. And he worked with people like Roger Stone and with Rupert Murdoch, who were well-known aligned with the conservative Christian idiots that, like, started this whole fucking craze, like, gays can't do it, marriages between a man and woman. No, that's that's very true. Ronald Reagan did. Um, he, he tapped into the uh, televangelist crowd. Yeah. That's what got that popular, because conservatives definitely had their values back in the day, but... Um, Ronald Reagan made them not even Jesus cool to hang Christ. out with. Like, you know, playing pool with um, where your balls look like uh, the penises. You can't play that game. You got to no. start over. You got to re-rack it. So, so Roy actually went to a dinner at the American Preservation of Families, which was a conservative event where it's like a marriage is between a man name. and a woman. He, he drove up to this event with his boyfriend had his boyfriend wait in the car while he talked about how marriage was the sanctity of a man and a woman, then left the event and had wild anal sex with him the rest of the night. How do you explain that to anyone? It's just like, you're going to wait here while I hate on us in another room. Yeah. 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 living a giant lie. Well, I mean, it, it does make sense, though. Like, stay in the car, because outside of the car, there's a lot of people who don't like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Very too Time frame. Uh, hey, Roy, where are we going? Nowhere. No one can know about us. You're going to stay in the car, and I'm going to go talk about how much you fucking suck. <laughs> and I'm going to come back and have sex with you. So you don't feel lonely. <laughs> like, with, I mean, that's a good way to get what you want, I guess. Yeah. Um, so RFK eventually indicted Roy um, for a scheme and a shitty business, and it's a lot of legal shit involved. Uh, but Roy got out of prison time, which, you know... Whatever he let he let the fall he, he he let all the fucking shit fall on someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's said that Roy was afraid of sleeping alone. Now uh, maybe this was his reasoning for just bringing a different guy home every night. Uh, you know because Roy would wake up in the morning and figure out who he was gonna fuck in the morning just so he'd have a different asshole to be in at night. <laughs> you gotta live in the moment. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And now Roy was also a dirty fucker. Um, now, one time Roy was eyeing up this tall blonde boy. Uh-huh. Right? And uh, his his friend comes up to him. He's like, you know that guy has uh, genital warts? <laughs> and Roy goes, oh, well, who cares? Yeah. Brings the guy you know home. What? You know. <laughs> The guy swam in the fucking Hudson. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, he, that guy was, he was probably staring at his, his fucking genital warts whipping around on the tip of this dude's dick. And the guy's looking over going, that's a lot of weird frogs. Yeah. Roy was, like, staring at the bumps and he's like, yeah, oh ribbed God. for my pleasure. Ooh. So, for, for the record, um, Roy was a bottom. Confirmed bottom. Yes? Uh, yes. Yes. Wow, Confirmed okay. bottom. bottom. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. the equivalent to catching? Yeah, so that, he's a catcher, Mike. Catching. Yeah. Yeah. To confirm it, Roy had anal warts. There you go. From said, from said encounter. Um, mm-hmm. Not too long after this encounter, he was in a limo with President Nixon and um, all of the president's aides at the time, so like his advisors. And Roy was sitting in the front seat, and all Nixon and his boys were in the back. And Roy was talking to them about some legal advice, right? And mm-hmm. he, this was coming from the guy who was driving, he had his pants down around his ankles, and he had his butt 
spread up against the AC because his anal warts hurt so much while talking to President Dude. Nixon about like legal advice. Dude, so you're you're just breathing in air that's been in Roy's anus, or or at le- or, or, or at least Ew. has like kissed it gently. Like you're just, and you're the yeah. president. You're like, I gotta breathe in this guy's like anal warts. You're correct me if I'm wrong, but you're on top of the world if you're able to show your asshole to a front panel while looking the president in the eye and telling him what to say at his next hearing. Wow. That is very true. Yeah. You're telling him what to do, and he wants to tell you what to do, but he can't. Yeah. Uh, Roy would have, like, men in rotation, right? Like, they'd be like, he'd have a bunch of different boyfriends. There's one guy named Cuddles. There's another dude, you know, all these different legal, dudes. Ah, legal name Cuddles. Yeah. Government name. But one of the My guys... was a cruel woman. Yeah. <laughs> one of the guys I want to talk to is a guy named Milo, who was a married man. Uh, he was an Italian man. And Milo would constantly fly between Italy and New York for a bang, you know, for Roy's connections, nice. right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and eventually Roy got was able to pull some strings in the government and got Milo a green card. Now, the thing was, was that now that he had a green card, Roy was able to dangle this green card over Milo's head and be like, hey, if you don't like, if I don't like what you're doing right now, like if you're fucking someone I don't like or like, you know, you're being an asshole, I'll just shred this fucking green card. Wow. That's it fun. probably wasn't no. even a real green card, if you think about it. It's like a <laughs> Safeway coupon. It's probably just yeah. a green card. So around this time in the 70s and early 80s, Roy was uh, getting dicked uh, and while mingling with the most conservative people in the country. And around this time, he meets a, new, a bunch of New Yorkers that we all know today. So someone like George Steinbrenner, who was the late owner of the Yankees. Wow. Roy was the attorney of George and his team, uh, and, ho- and George hooked him up with a private box at Yankee Stadium. Not bad. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. He also met a guy named Steve Rubel, uh, who you may not know, but you might know his club, which was Studio 54. Hey. Ah, ah yeah. So Cocaine. Roy would go down there looking for ass. Uh <laughs> But the thing is, Roy always wore a three-piece suit, so he kind of looked like a narc. You know, like I could see it, that. this was like the seventies and shit when people were wearing like those like ABBA fucking clothes and stuff. Yeah, and he's just like there in a three-piece suit. I'm sure everyone loved him. Well, yeah, Roy became the fixer slash lawyer for Steve, getting people out of drug charges. Um, but the thing about Studio Fifty Four is that in the club they had a giant spoon that would come down from the ceiling and the spoon was filled with powder and then a giant nose would come down and like had a vacuum in it and would suck up the powder what <laughs> that's amazing so whoa yeah i was like whoa what are you doing at studio 54 i don't sure. know look at this giant automatic that's behind me <laughs> nothing wrong with this so roy would actually host his birthday parties there complete with a football shaped cake of his head uh, oh, sweet. and he would invite all of his government officials to the party then spy on them to see who was de- blowing lines and grabbing titties and blackmail them <laughs> good move dude that's so, very good like a hundred percent of his guests then yeah sounds like the worst dude to hang out with he's a narc yeah. so it 
if a lot of these behaviors sound familiar, it might be because the highest ranking government official, like, I mean, the highest one in the government right now, uh, was friends with what? Roy. What? Uh, who yeah, do you mean? I'm confused. Uh, well, Roy was the official fixer for young, spoiled, wannabe, self-made millionaire Donald what? J. Trump. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so, um, uh, in fact, Trump says that Roy Cohen was one of his role models growing up. Yikes. Like, openly says swords? that. I mean, they, they both loved each other. Yeah. Very publicly. Um, yeah. Lots of history. Yeah. They're a little protege. I, I have a feeling that Donald Trump probably had his penis sucked by by Roy at some point. Oh, and it definitely I, did. And I don't think it haunts him at night. I think it's one of those things where he, you know, he looks at Melania and goes, <laughs> <sighs> um, but yeah, I, like Roy, Roy designed how Donald yeah. Trump talks. Yeah, they had this. Because he talks fantastically. The way Donald Trump talks, you can't beat it. But Roy was better at it. Oh, Roy was great at it. I was going to say, they had the same speech patterns, but I think Roy maybe was a little bit more eloquent with how he... I mean, he still had, like, that New York dirty, fucking stupid sounding... But he but could say more... I, like, I think, like, Roy could just say more words. His vocabulary Yeah, yeah I like that Donald Trump only says 150 words. <laughs> yeah. I like that about him. I like a simple guy. Yeah, exactly. That's Sad. what I like in a man. I know he can't lie. Because he only knows the words for the moment, you know. Great, he's, huge, he, he, big. He talks really slow, which I really like. <laughs> a lot of yeah, people. tremendous. <laughs> I, I can follow along with it. Right, but you listen to Roy talk, and it's the same um, type of. I'm just gonna talk about what I want. Yeah. Uh, whatever they, you just asked me as a question. Uh, oh, you asked me a question I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, and they speak in definites too. Absolutes. Like, there's no yeah. maybes. There's no. It's kind of psychotic if you think yes. about it. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I mean, he he thinks he's like the most superior person. You know, he disregards everyone's thoughts except his own. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this isn't a podcast about that. Yeah. This is not a podcast. I'm not. I I'm actually. I'm a hundred. I'll be honest with you guys. I am not cool with talking shit about the man like this i mean so let's make this quick okay let's make it quick okay well i mean we can also talk about their love for scamming the irs bankrupt yeah we can do that no bank right. bankrupting businesses fucking over contractors lying about their wealth to impress elites you know whatever mm -hmm. yep <laughs> so roy was actually responsible for trump getting out of racial discrimination charges against his apartments that he had opened um <laughs> Basically, he was like, blacks can't move into he my apartment. He wouldn't say that. Fuck off. You know, that's our president, but... Yeah, what he did was... Um, it was very clever, what he did. <laughs> um, so the government... Uh, New York was suing him for this um, alleged... Uh, uh, yeah. No blacks allowed on this block behavior. And um, so he had a bunch of lawyers, and the lawyers were just saying, yeah, just pay a little bit of money. You know, like, settle. Make it happen. And then he meets Roy, and Roy goes, nah, sue them. See how they like it. <laughs> so, so he opened up a $100 million lawsuit against New York, and they both ended up just dropping their cases. <laughs> there, wow. there you go. He, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, he also helped uh, fight Ed Koch and the New York State Courts in getting out of Trump for paying property taxes for the Trump Tower. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. basically, he built this tower and never paid, paid property tax on it. 
because it was like oh, an yeah. asset to uh, New York City. Perfect. Yeah, and the contractors they hired had 200 Polish immigrants working on the job, undocumented. Those guys never got paid. Um, oh, jeez. It, it is one of the only building built within like a 30-year radius of this time that was built entirely of concrete. Well, yes. Usually they use steel beams. Well, what I was going to say about the concrete is that the concrete directly... The reason why it was built out of concrete is because Roy had his mob buddies who were in the concrete industry oh. and hooked up Roy with cheap off the books concrete. You know, you know, they were like, "Hey, you could build this out of steel, but my buddies have concrete. You could build it and not have to pay for it." High quality stuff too. The Noah guy. Yeah. So, sorry if I just stepped on your script, Travis. No, nah, that's enough for that's enough for Trump. Yeah, please. Leave the man alone. He's just trying to help. Okay, so uh, if you didn't think this dude was disgusting enough, I'm talking about oh, gotcha. Roy. <laughs> uh, as he got older, he became obsessed with plastic surgery. Uh, now, this ooh. isn't the advanced plastic surgery we have now. This is some 70s, 80s what bullshit. Where they literally would slice the side of your face and stretch the skin till it was taut and then stitch it up to the sides... Like, right behind your ears. Uh, yeah, so the jowls would just be behind <laughs> your chin line. Not in front of it. Just yeah. Just everything yeah. tucked back. It's like it's like bringing in a suit. They, they folded the skin over his sideburns. Yeah. And you could see these horrible scars, Ugh. like, on the side of his head. Um, not that they stayed with him for life, but while they were healing, like, they were like, hey, don't, uh, you, hey, I'm your doctor. I just, I just uh, stretched your face out like a fucking ironing board. <laughs> Uh, what you're going to want to do is take two weeks off, don't be seen in public. And he'd be like, gotcha, and then be out on the street two days later. And then people would ask him. They'd be like, hey, shouldn't you be home? Your face is bleeding. And he'd be like, I how dare you accuse me of getting plastic surgery? Well, not not even just out on the streets. He would go out straight from the surgery and go out sunbathing oh, on his good. boat. Or swimming in yeah. the polluted Hudson River. That's how you get superpowers. <laughs> in fact, Roy hated it. Uh, hospitals. So one time after this face stretching, they would actually put these like little, like bloodletting tubes into your face. So like it, like the excess swelling would bleed into like yeah, these drainage. bags on your face, yeah. right? So mm. he told a friend he was like, "I don't want to eat hospital food." So they went out to a diner with like literally fucking his blood bags like hanging off <sighs> of his face. Yeah, it's so nasty. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. All right, so speaking of food, Tom, you've been mentioning tuna fish the whole episode. What the episode. fuck is this shit about? Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's talk about Roy's dieting. Now, when he was growing up, I mean, I've seen videos uh, or, you know, film reels of it. He didn't really look too chubby to me, but uh, everyone in the 50s didn't have, like, high fructose corn syrup, so they are all, like, buff and shit. So he had a little chub going on. Yeah. Right? Normal. Right. Normal chub. Normal chub. But he became obsessed with losing weight, so... The dude would go out to, like, Michelin star-rated restaurants and then have them bring out a can of tuna fish. <laughs> Great. Jeez. And, he was a cat. Yeah. And while he's slurping down this tuna just water... From the can straight? Roy... Roy... No, Roy would just help himself to other people's plates without asking. Dude. He'd be like... With oh, fingers. Oh, hell yeah. What you get? And he'd just, like, fucking reach into their fucking penny L vodka and, like force it into his face. Well, he knows how far he can stretch the law. 
<laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You're gonna get mad at Roy Cohen? He's yeah. gonna he's gonna have sex with your son. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, people will like, dude, we're going out with Roy. I'm just gonna order two of my meals, so I yeah, can just basically. leave Roy a meal, and then there's my meal. He wouldn't need to be losing weight, but he always had this weight loss thing on his head. So it was like, if I eat my tuna, that's it. And then if someone else ordered it, I didn't order it, so I'm going to eat it. Yeah. Just a little bit, you know? Yeah, he also did 200 push um, sit-ups a day. That was a religious thing. I think that helped with, you know, keeping that butthole tight. (laughs) (laughs) So when it came to dessert, though, Roy was like, oh, can't do dessert. Can't do this, man. So he, what he'd do is he'd order his dessert. He'd then put the dessert in his tuna mouth, uh, chew it up. And then spit it into a oh, napkin. Oh, good. And he'd, he'd, he'd do this with an entire piece of cake. So there'd be like a wad of chewed up goop sitting on the table next to him. <laughs> this man changed the country. This man has changed our country. And he is a cat who, who doesn't know how to eat sweets. Okay, so ask me the question. Mike, how does this boy die? Hell yeah. All right, so it's a little long-winded, but let me let me talk let me talk you through it, okay? So, as we all know, Roy's slamming different ass every oh, night. Yeah. Right? He's getting his yeah. butt rimmed. Uh so it's the early 80s. After helping Reagan getting elected, right? You know, he helped this boy get elected. He bought a house in Providence Town, Massachusetts. All right. Don't know what that is. It's where a lot of gay men go to have sex on the beach. It's kind of like Fire Island. P-Town. Nice. P-Town. Yeah, actually, here it's a good time up there. I, I do, too. Well, our friend, uh, I remember he bought uh, a shirt that said P-Town, and it's like a bottle of pills, and it just says P-Town. He's like, oh, that's a cool shirt. <laughs> and I, we went to we went to work. I worked with this guy, and somebody that was gay that we worked with was like, oh, that's a weird shirt for you to wear. You're a heterosexual. And the, the bottle of pills is like poppers, like what gay oh, people yeah. use to like make their asshole relax. <laughs> oh, really? And he's like, fuck yeah, I'm yeah. rocking it, man. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good shirt, good shirt. <laughs> um, so one of his lovers, a man named David, got really sick. And David got to the point where he could barely stand. Uh, that pissed off Roy, which uh, made him... Get up! Yeah, which was like, David, you're going to these events. I don't fucking care. You're in scru- excruciating pain. Like, just fucking Man, go. I- but anyway, that sickness was AIDS. Ooh. Hmm, oh, no. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, so the man who had hunted down gays destroyed so many lives, exposing them, blackmailing them, but had also been taken up the ass, got AIDS. That's ironic. <laughs> um, yeah, but also, like, if you didn't, if I showed you a picture of him before he had AIDS, and I told you he had AIDS, you'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just looked like a guy with the most amount of AIDS that a oh, person yeah. can have. Yeah, yeah. He already like looked AIDS. sick. Like, just disgusting. Yeah, he, it's like the, like, the the actual disease yeah. is like, should we be in this guy? Look at him. Uh, let's get in there. Let's get in there. <laughs> yeah, it was like two different strains holding hands and going in. Mind <laughs> the animals. But now, Let's experiment. the thing was, was that Roy never admitted he had would AIDS. He? Um, because, I mean, like I was saying, like, people could tell. I mean, this guy was, like, dying on TV. He was doing, like, 60 Minutes and shit. Like, this is 1986. Like, he just helped, he helped Reagan get elected. Like, he's in the media, and you could see him dying on TV, but Roy is yeah. saying, 
Oh, I have liver cancer. I don't have AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty hard to watch, actually. Yeah. Some of this, like, this guy lying so much to this reporter on 60 Minutes, who's like, uh, so, I have heard that uh, your lifestyle, which I am not judging, has given you <laughs> gay AIDS. Really? Yeah. And, and, he, and he's just like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. People who say that, they're, they're probably people I've beaten in court before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Like, he's like passing out. He's in and yeah. out of consciousness. He's so sick. Like, yeah. He's, he's biting his cheeks to stay awake. Like, mm-hmm. So on top of all... That's karma. Came back to fucking bite him in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a That's what I'm mic. saying. Is I, I never... <laughs> I've never I never would want to wish AIDS on anyone like that is a fucking I, terrible I disease uh, yeah but this oh, dude yeah. deserves fucking AIDS I, I was about to say it almost makes me feel like there's a just god out there that this specific man <laughs> oh, yeah. got a butt disease that killed him you know what I mean yes like no offense to that community I love I love you guys I love you guys I love you guys I love you gays but I'm, I'm so glad dude Cody what are you gay this guy <laughs> got a butt disease that killed him <laughs> so on top of his butt disease is cozy i like it. that i'm gonna use that more um he so he's got aids uh, and um he gets disbarred <laughs> yep on top of all why? that shit why though eventually shit got get gets caught up to him i don't want to go into all the legal legal repercussions but he gets disbarred for unprofessional conduct misappropriating client funds, lying to the bar application, and pressuring clients to amend their wills. Oh. Travis, do you know about the the will amending thing? I know about a particular divorce case, but I'm not exactly sure about the will. Sounds like the movie Philadelphia. Can I? Yeah, good do This it. one's yeah. really funny. This is a good one. Um, he had written and notarized all these documents for one of his clients, this guy who owned a, uh, a liquor company. Um, some Bavarian name. I forget what it was. This guy had a stroke. <laughs> the owner had a stroke, his client. So he dressed up like a male nurse and made these documents that would have given him this dude's $50 million estate. It would have all gone okay. to him. <laughs> so he gets this stroked out guy to sign. Probably holding his hand as he's <laughs> getting it signed. Yeah. A guy with the worst handwriting in the world tries to do this. The it looked like a like the signature looked like a a, a kindergartner trying to do a black metal logo. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like like a Charlie Brown Bush. This guy has signed a, a a thousand documents in the last three weeks before his his stroke. He's a businessman. He is doing that. And then all of a sudden, this will that's gonna give you fifty million dollars shows up, and you're gonna boldface go. Uh, that's his signature. You can see it, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, the guy wasn't cohesive at all. He wasn't even trying to do it. He was like, ah. Wow. And, and, he, and he's dressed up like a male nurse while he's doing it. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it, it, holy shit. Something else. I think he was really, really preying on muscle memory to kick in. But <laughs> Come on, uh, do it better. It's in the... It was, they showed it in the documentary, and they left it on screen for like a minute. I was the only person in the, in the theater laughing. <laughs> I like oh, to imagine it's like the best thing. I like I to ever imagine saw. that was the best attempt out of like twenty or thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like he printed yeah, up a yeah, bunch yeah. of copies. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, he's this bard. He's got AIDS. 
So, down in D.C., Washington, D.C., there was a facility that was testing experimental drugs on the AIDS virus. Because Reagan was outright like, this is a gay disease. This is like, God sent this disease down to fucking kill the gays. Like, I'm not doing anything about that. But in the government, Reagan actually had a lot of gay people working in his administration. Because he was from Hollywood. Like, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. He, he liked gay people. He just, like, was putting on a front. So... It was... Yeah, it was the constituents. Yeah. So, down in D.C., there was actually a facility working on a experimental drugs. So, there was a wait list, and there was a few thousand peoples. This... Peoples. <laughs> There's a few thousand people. I mean, this was 1986 when the AIDS epidemic was in full swing. Oh. And Roy mm-hmm. was able to pull some strings and cuts to the top of the list. Look at that. You know what's funny, too? That documentary... It said Reagan pulled the strings. Uh, well, I mean, that's who... Roy that, didn't even apply to it. Because remember how he didn't like hospitals and shit like yeah. that? Uh, he, he didn't think to ask. I, I didn't see that in particular, but I did see some direct correlation between the two. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That that could be too... I, I don't know. I don't know how accurate that is, but <laughs> the roast mortem fact is up in the air right now. It could be one or the other. So, yeah, he was in this facility, got pushed to the top. He does the treatment. He actually gets better for a little bit. This is when we saw this 60 Minutes interview where he's, like, still dying, but, like, he can walk around. Just a little bit. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks really shitty, so ultimately he returns back to the facility Ronald Reagan and Nancy actually send him a get well soon oh. card, <laughs> which is, again, very interesting for people that think that the gay virus of AIDS is curing the country. It's aggressive. Right. Um, but as you know, thoughts and prayers do no good. And Roy dies in 1986 ah, of AIDS. Of AIDS. Uh, Deservedly. Also, when he had here, here's a little more character painting for you. When he died, when he, um, when it was common knowledge amongst his group of friends yeah. that he had AIDS, everyone stopped talking to him, especially Donald Trump. Hmm. Really? Want nothing to do with that that gay boy? Didn't want to be seen with him. Betrayed his mental. I like yeah. that. Like the anal so he- warts in a limousine air conditioner was totally fine. That's kosher. <laughs> That's kosher. Him <laughs> spitting out cake at a fucking diner is totally fine. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. He's got AIDS. But you got, He's AIDS. got AIDS. We don't talk to that guy no more. Can't talk to that guy. Yeah, wow. Well, thank God we had rent to oh, set the record you. straight. Yeah. Oh, fuck rent. Um, <laughs> I used to live know, next to these goddamn people, and they would sing rent at like 3 whoa, in the whoa. morning. Wasted. People? Travis? Dude, I'm talking about, like, straight oh, women. I'm not talking uh, about gay people. Mm. <laughs> you people. <laughs> All right. Wow. What an episode. Yeah. So, Roy Cohen, the person you may have not heard of, but he basically designed the 20th century. Yep. He got everyone in office and sucked everyone's dick. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Roast Morton coverage of Roy Cohen. Um... Sorry about the technical difficulty for the first half of the episode. Fault. Thanks for bearing in there. That was probably my fault. All of it. Mine. Hey, man, it happens. Um, Dude, just like it happens yeah, that Roy got anal warts. That, that's the happens. worst technical difficulty of all time. Technical difficulty. It hurts every time I poop. That's a hard one to fix. I mean, I, it hurts every <laughs> time I poop, but I have no excuse. You want that, don't you? 
Every time you eat a salad, you eat a fucking pine cone to make sure it, it works. Yeah, well, that's gruffage, yeah. dude. Gruffage. All right. Anyway, thanks yes. again for tuning in. Uh, bro, smart on. <laughs> just, do your, just do yours, Mike. Yeah. I'm off the grid. All right, Mike's off the grid. Roast Mortem, I'm at patreon.com slash roastmortemcast, and we will tell you how Mike's doing off the grid. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, you know, we have personal stuffs. Uh, who cares? You can find me at social security number 6969420. If you find me, I'll follow you back. Ditto. Ditto here. <laughs> Kudos. Don't get, get AIDS. No, Don't get AIDS. Never get AIDS. Never get AIDS.